0: This is Colin Baker speaking, the Sixth Doctor, but you, you are the lucky ones because you are traveling the Vortex.
1: We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed at episode number 233, and we're quite, quite pleased with ourselves, but then again, we usually are. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Quite pleased with myself. I was better last week while I was off. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn returned to work yeah. after a week off and had to stay late. Womp,
2: womp, womp. Keith's better because he didn't have to work my shift today. I am
1: <laughs> back to my normal shift for three days, <laughs> but then I get a better shift later in the week, so that's nice. You get a better?
2: Oh, are you day side next or rather the last?
1: Part of the week. Thursday and Friday because there's golf on Fox in prime time. Uh, as weird as that is. That is weird. That's really weird. <laughs> it's the first time they've ever done it. Probably the last time too. Yeah, we'll I, I can't imagine they'll get
2: very many viewership, very much viewership, but I don't know, maybe. There might <laughs> Who be, knows? There's some golf fans out there, I suppose.
1: For those of you still
2: watching, why?
1: Do <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a good week? Do anything fun? With your time off?
2: I did a whole bunch of stuff, and I can't remember what it was now.
3: <laughs> How many items on your honeydew list did you knock out? Zero. All wow. right. It was a good week.
2: <laughs> um, well, I had the kids because my parents went out of town because they usually watch the kids in the afternoon. We did a lot of – like, mornings were taken up because they had uh, swim lessons all week. And then we went – we did go bowling on Friday, which was a lot of fun. We went and saw Jurassic Park on Saturday – Jurassic World on Saturday. We saw something else this week, though, didn't No, we didn't. I talked about uh, Cinderella last week, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. So. I don't oh, feel like I did anything do. on there my vacation.
0: <laughs> I know you <laughs> went, went to the library.
2: The we went to the library and saw a magician, and Caitlin loved him. Mason had a good time, too. <laughs> yeah, we went bowling on Friday and. Must be. Oh, Caitlin mowed the lawn for the first time Hey yeah. How'd that go? Uh, it went, went great, she did just fine um, I just kind of monitored She did have shorts on So she went in and put something on to cover of her legs After she got hit by rocks the first two
1: times <laughs> See, I didn't have that problem when I mowed in shorts last I just had mosquito bites all over my mm, legs Yeah um, And she was actually able to find a time between rain showers Apparently <laughs> to, <laughs> to mow then Because I sure didn't
2: uh, We We did it it was Wednesday after we got home from the
1: library. So
2: knowing that it was supposed to rain Thursday and Friday, mm. I, we got out
1: there and got it done. So I can't remember why I didn't get it out there. Get out there and do it on Wednesday. The nice thing about working your shift is I still got up my normal time and did stuff around the house because you had an extra hour. Yeah. Loads of laundry and whatnot.
2: When we say Unpacked Keith more stuff, Keith had to fill in my shift. It's only an hour later than, than his normal <laughs> shift, so but it's, it's not like that. he has to well, completely restructure his day. But
1: almost an hour and a half. Yeah, big enough of a difference. <laughs> well, Sarah. Well, and also Sarah's asleep by the time I get home by that time and whatnot. So Welcome. it's a big to my world. Yeah, it's a bigger <laughs> it's a bigger change
2: for me than probably. It, should be Holly passed her um, almost said bar. That's not right. She passed her state boards.
1: Yay! Yay. Oh, Congratulations, yeah. Holly.
2: Which was the one thing she was really, really nervous about. <laughs> she took them Monday. Maybe did I talk about this last week? Nope. We recorded on Monday. You recorded we recorded on Monday, but you didn't. All talk right. Well, about she it. yeah, she passed her boards. That was um, why we recorded on Monday. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, When she passed her boards this week, um, she took the test. Maybe I didn't talk about it because she didn't know how she did. She took the test on Monday. It's a, you get seven hours to take this thing. And she went and t- 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 finished in an hour.
3: <laughs> That's either really, really good or really, really but bad. But she waited yeah.
2: until Thursday night when she got the results to tell me that she was only there an hour. Because what happened was, because I was home Monday morning... She got up before we all got up, went, took her test. And then she came home at about 1130-ish. She test starts at 7. She got home at about 1130. And I looked at her and I said, are you done? She goes, yeah. And I said, you said it's like a seven-hour test. She said, well, you have seven hours to take it, but you just, you take it at your pace. And if you get done early, you get done early. I said, oh, okay. And I said, okay. So it only took you three hours. And she didn't say anything. <laughs> <That> didn't <laughs> and she got her, time. she got her. <laughs> Results on Tuesday night. She said, "All right, I'm going to fess up. I actually only took an hour to take the test because it was going so poorly, and I didn't think I was doing well. And so I just went okay. Because it what it's weird because you go in there and and there's like Uber security. You can't take gum in there. You can't take cell phones. You can't take purse. You have to you have to go all through this gum. (laughs) You can't take gum. I don't know." You have to go <laughs> you have to go through and like I I don't know, know, they they take a picture of the veins in your hand or something instead of a fingerprint <laughs> it's weird. Anyway, there's this huge security thing. You go through, once you've taken enough. once you've answered enough questions, it's electronic. So once you've answered enough questions to determine whether you're going to pass or fail, it shuts off. <laughs> so <laughs> she got to a point where I don't know <laughs> if it just shut off on her or what, but then she was like, okay. So she didn't think she did very good. She thought she didn't have – because it's like $100 to take this test every time you take it. Yeah. She thought she didn't take – she didn't do very good. So she said Tuesday night, she said, well, I'm going to fess up. It only took me – she only took an hour and a half, an hour and a half to do this test. And I went, what? She goes, yeah, but I, if I had to come home an hour and a half later and you – and then I failed it. You'd have told me, well, if you'd have done it longer and taken longer time. She thought I was gonna scold her for it. And I go, Oh, I said, No, I wouldn't have done that. She goes, Oh really? Well, oh, maybe I would have But anyway, so then she told me the last time like she, she took her state you. boards for when she became an LPN, she did the same thing. She she was three in the test for three hours but told me she took five hours. <laughs> So what she did is after she was done, she just went shopping. She went and – she said, I had to get my mind off of it because I was so bummed that I probably did that and failed it. She went to like Bed Bath & Beyond and all these different places. Fortunately, she didn't buy anything or I would have been on to her. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of cute and funny that she thought after taking an hour that – but no, she passed it. So hey, she starts her. her new job on Monday because oh. now that she's an RN, she applied for – She works in nephrology, which is kidney doctor. They take care of kidneys. She's going to actually start working with a cancer center. And she doesn't know exactly what she's doing yet because they're kind of shifting the structure around a little bit. So they don't know exactly where she'll be working, but she'll be a nurse over there. So Hmm. she's excited. And making more money. (laughs) enough, more money. Sweetness. Nice. Nice. Yeah, Caitlin had a game tonight. A couple of games tonight, but I only got to one of them. Was Volleyball, it? right? We'll talk about Jurassic World, I'm sure, in a little bit. Everybody's seen it, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: So we were able to... We, I mentioned we watched Jurassic Park last weekend. We were able to get both Jurassic... Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 in this weekend. Sarah was not impressed with Lost World. She remembered parts of it but overall. she was. Like, she remembered the trailer. She remembered the trailer and... Trailer scene. The trailer, the trailer scene. scene. <laughs> and the very beginning of it, actually. I don't know why those two bits stuck with her, but the rest was pretty new to her. Because she watched it the last time.
2: She fell asleep. The trailer <laughs> scene was so loud, she woke up. <laughs> and then after that, she fell back
1: asleep. Possibly. Uh, and then <laughs> she rather enjoyed uh, Jurassic Park 3. It's a fun it's it's movie. It's a great, it's a, It's really enjoyable.
3: I don't know why people do I stand by now. that one. I I really don't. Popcorn film. I love it.
1: Uh, I did watch some other stuff. I'm fully caught up on Arrow now, which is weird because now I feel a little lost that I don't have this behemoth of a show (laughs) to try to watch. Uh, Season three was all right. Not as good as season two. I wonder if it's... Season
2: three kind of slags at the end, I thought. thought Yeah, a little bit. Season
1: season two ramped up so much at the end that I was... I mainlined the last like five episodes, and I mentioned I had gotten away from mainlining like that. But this, I, I wound up watching the last two back-to-back just because, well, it's the last two. I've got one more to go. I might as well watch it. I might as well have been <laughs> the end of the series, the way they wrapped everything. Yeah, really. Uh, and, and it, it ended kind of meh, but over, it's still a pretty good show. I'm enjoying it. Um,
4: we'll
1: I, wonder, I wonder how much of it is spinoff slump, is what I'm calling it. Uh, when there's a new spinoff and the showrunners' attention is divided a lot more. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, Buffy season four, for some people, have that problem. Um, And then Angel, kind of later, when Firefly would be going. And I think that'd be season six of Buffy, if I remember the timeline correctly. Kind of slag off, too, because Joss is focused so much on Firefly. So I wonder if that's part of it. And it makes me worried about season two of Flash and season four of Arrow, with DC's Legends of Tomorrow not be going on, hopefully, if since if it's only a mid-season replacement, it might help the spin-off slump.
2: Mid-season premiere, yeah. Not necessarily replacing, yeah. Else. And
1: we don't know how long it's going to be either, so it could be like an Agent Carter eight-episode gap fill or a I full bet season they offer up at least thirteen, which is half a season. So. Yeah. Which, that's what they did with, like, iZombie, which finished this week and was really good. I also... The other, the other thing I watched beside Jurassic World was Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yay! I remembered parts of this movie. I did not remember Never Neverland. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much he goes off and oh, becomes Peter Pan yeah, and yeah. Hook. And, okay, so... Hi, long- Peter. <laughs> I The first part was kind of like, all right, this is kind of weird. And then it takes that detour. But... By the end of it, I really enjoyed it. It's a it's,
2: I I'm 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 an apologist for it. I don't yeah. think it's the best film of the series, and but you know it's what? fun. It's, I'm it's really glad
1: I movie. watched it it's the way than Mad Max. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm really glad I watched it in the order I did because Thunderdome is very much a precursor to Fury Road. There's a lot of thematic elements and story elements he pulls from uh Thunderdome, especially the last part. Where it's they steal somebody and they go on a huge long run chase scene and it's just this all, well, uh, all out chase for the last thirty minutes of the movie. I mean, there's so much in there that feels very. Did you watch the same movie that I did?
2: No, he's right. I think the ch- no, I think he's right. But I think the chase was only about fifteen. Well, <laughs> it's, it seemed longer. <laughs> than that.
1: Well, it, it felt like it was a third of it. There was three parts of the film. Uh,
2: I would say it's the third part. I would okay, yeah, say it's right. a third of it. Yeah. Okay, the third part of it. Okay,
1: um, it's like the third act. It just seemed like, I, I just, the way the movie was going, I did not expect this ama- this pretty impressive chase scene to end the movie with on a train. On a train. I mean, there's a lot of that is very much precursor Fury Road. Uh, some of it also with. Max being all hairy and then later getting shaved by people. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the same situation, but similar. I mean, him going into this new atmosphere and being a stranger. I mean, there's a lot of precursor to Fury Road huh. to me. I'm I, surprised I didn't so,
2: pick up on as much since I watched it like back to back. So maybe you should go back. Well, maybe you
1: were just back. so blown away with Fury Road. Yeah, that maybe. it. So I would recommend, I think Fury Road makes... Uh, Thunderdome better. It, that's my final stance on. on beyond yeah, Thunderdome. I could I could buy that. It, it takes some tones from it retroactively. Yeah. fixes a few things. Well, and not not so much fixes. It just oh, what well, it ties it into this the franchise makes it better. more enjoyable. Yeah, it's they were trying to do this, but with a smaller budget back in the day, kind of thing. Gotcha.
3: I still thought the tra- the train stuff was impressive. Yeah, I mean, the I mean, train the, stuff's good. I don't good. The wrong. Thunderdome stuff is good. It's the Neverland. It's, it's the it's, it's yeah. <laughs> Why is this here?
4: Yeah. Well, well it it's clearly
2: them. has to be that middle bridging piece, but well, there's no why is it here. It's why is it so
1: boring and yeah. why is it so drawn out and long? <laughs> yeah. Well, because, because, because that was the movie he was going to make. Yeah. <laughs> he was going to make
3: that movie, and then somebody said, "You know, who should be in this is Max." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. all
3: right. So then they made it a Mad Max. Well, movie.
1: Well, we get that bit in Fury Road. It's just so much further down the future because the old ladies. The wet place that they talk about could easily be this oasis. That yeah, I kind of
2: remember getting that out of it. Going, yeah, oh, there could
1: might be. So we get that just a very truncated version of it, without kids and just old people instead. I mean, there's, maybe the kids
3: grew up to be old people. Yeah, that's 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 kind of where my Max brain is. Max is immortal.
1: immortal. <laughs> 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 there's just so much there for Fury Road that it really made me enjoy it, and I was kind of met on it up until. I made that connection about this wet place. And then this chase scene, I'm like, this last half of this movie is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not that I didn't enjoy the Thunderdome part because it was very enjoyable, but yeah. And even the design choices are very much in line with Fury Road. The, the, The designs of the characters and the way their outfits are more so leads to Fury Road. The characters and whatnot. Master and blaster and stuff like that i saw so a great
2: structure one. wise it's thunderdome and action
1: wise it's road warrior yeah yeah or tone wise it's tone, tone wise it's road warrior and and okay. even action for a lot of road okay. warrior
3: i saw a great cosplay online that the uh, guy i don't know what connie was at but he, he was master blaster and he <laughs> had this gigantic hulking thing but then he was kind of leaned back on the
4: <laughs> uh, in, in the backpack
3: nice
1: that's pretty much all we did this week. Unpacked more stuff. Got a curio cabinet for fifteen bucks at a garage sale. <laughs> I saw uh, a. Yeah, it's a nice one. Sarah
2: too. thanking some people from yeah. for bringing it over. It's about two feet wide. Were you not there? Deep, I was
1: asleep.
4: Okay. <laughs> say because she, she <laughs> I didn't saw, thank you. I said she and I woken thought, me up. Where
1: the heck is Keith she in this whole? thing? She didn't want to wake me up, but she, yeah, she goes off every Saturday. Her and her mom goes out and uh, goes to the farmer market and grocery shop not grocery shop. Garage sale. Last week they brought home uh, one of those things to store wrapping paper, the Tupperware oh, things, wow. and a nice set of TV trays. And this time it was a curio cabinet for 15 bucks. Tupperware.
2: I knew what you meant. Like Rubbermaid.
1: No, TV trays. No, no, no. The yeah. Tupper, what do I, what I call it? Tupperware. Tupperware. <laughs> Tupperware. Oh, Rubbermaid. Tupperware. So when you open it, it goes... <laughs> you gotta, you gotta make sure you burp it. Big you know, Tupperware, like Erie, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> so we were able to un- un- unpack a lot of knickknacks, pretty much all of them. Uh, and so now all we have to do is get some picture rail hooks. You have been invited wire. to his house to see it yet? Nope, not yet. Nope, me neither. not invited. No. Almost like he doesn't want us to know <laughs> it exists. I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to get. It to a place where I'm more pleased with it And it's almost there
2: Well, I wouldn't have invited you guys over for like three years <laughs> If I had gone with that And it's I invited still you guys over progress. for a
1: game night We just haven't been able to organize it yet I guess that's true So Hacks
2: It's next weekend right? That's right We said my worst birthday weekend so.
3: I had a plant for you <laughs> But it died I don't remember I had a plant for him but it died so. <laughs> That's how long I've been waiting <laughs> I didn't water it. I was just—I just had it there and I was expecting. You know, well, it's to, not your it's job. It's not my plant. <laughs> it's you know, not your I'm job
4: saying. to water it.
3: He'll—he'll he'll invited me over at some point, and he can have this damn plant. And then the plant went.
1: Oh. It's like, oh. You should have stuck it outside with all the rain we've done. I did. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it wasn't that he didn't water it. He watered it. Too much. <laughs> with all the rain, I
2: didn't think I needed to water it. <laughs>
3: Trying to think if I did anything this week. I worked a lot. We yeah, we we're, we're opening two new stores. and uh, I know something
2: else I did.
3: I had to go in and empty of finally empty out a bunch of uh, we've been storing shelves in our back room for like a year and a half. Mm. And uh, they finally said, You can put them on this truck. And we we're like, Cool. And I looked at Matt and I was like, All right, I'm going to get so and so, so and so. I'm going to bring the boys. We're going to do this. So and so volunteer. We're going to get this stuff out of here. And then he showed me this list. He goes, Well, they only want X number of this and X number of this. I was like, No, they're getting all of it. <laughs> you rented a 17 foot rider truck. I'm putting all of this stuff on here because it's been here for a year and a half and I'm done with it. And he says, No, they only want this. It's <laughs> like, Okay. So then we started loading. He goes, Well, I suppose we could take a little extra. I was like, No, you told me only this. And he goes, Well, I asked him for clarification. He said, well, if we wind up with extra stuff, they're just going to put it on on a different truck and send it to the warehouse. And this is when that little thing in my forehead began to twitch. And it was like, (laughs) if there's room for it in the warehouse, why have we had it for a year (laughs) and a half? Yeah. So we got most of it loaded. And then he sent me a text the next day when he got down there and said, how many more of those shells we got in the back? <laughs> quick count. You want these or these? No, just these. About 80. Anybody coming to Kansas City that could bring those?
2: No. <laughs> it's like,
3: well, bring the truck back. I am, but they won't fit in my car because I've got a full load of people that are going to Kansas City. Oh, all right. I'll let them know. Okay. And I thought, eh, I feel really bad about that. And then I thought... No, I didn't. I told you to throw everything in that truck. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd listened to me, you'd have had them. Yeah. So I did that on my day off. Went and oh. got the truck, helped him get the truck, and then went back to work and loaded it up. I was like, man, you're grumpy. Did you get paid for that? Yeah. yeah but right. Still. It's still well, my day off, man. Day it wasn't a day off. Then. That's right. So I was a grumpy bear. And then uh, on our day off, we went. Um, we went with some friends to Alamo Drafthouse in Kansas City to see Jurassic World. And then. Uh, Went to another friend's house later in the evening to have dinner and had a really nice time. Hmm. So, been a long day. So, I still didn't get a day off because I was <laughs> running. And we we, we 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 had it all planned out. We were going to do Jurassic Park 3 on Wednesday. And then that shelf thing happened, and I was oh. at the store and I was like, man, oh. we didn't get it in. So you didn't get to it? We didn't get to it.
4: Well,
1: luckily, it wasn't as important to have seen it recently. No,
3: realistically, you didn't
2: need to see any but the first one. <laughs> yeah.
1: We watched the third one on, on Wednesday. It was another thing we did.
2: The kids like it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they've both seen that one. So, oh, okay. you know. But we just, we had to get it in. We had to make sure we saw everything ramping up to this weekend. So, so let's talk about it. What did you guys think?
3: Dun, dun, dun! I liked it.
2: It's a very fun film. Yes. It's got... Tons of really good action sequences. Yes. It's a really good popcorn movie. It's really thin on plot. Yep. And it's really (laughs) thin on character (laughs) development. Yeah. And so I came out of the movie really enjoying it, very excited, but it is not anywhere near the best movie of the year. No, (laughs) no. It's not anywhere the best movie of the summer. And I think that it's, Probably, if I were to rank the films, it's probably my second favorite right now. It's just but,
1: barely above three for me.
2: Yeah, it's it's probably right Those around two near are barely, very close. barely because it really has that kind of that same feel because yeah. there's because the plot's so thin and I had some real minor problems with it, but they were ones that I just kind of went. eh, well, I'm having fun, so we'll just gloss it over. Do we
3: want to sound the spoiler warning and and, and go into a little Suppose more detail?
2: Should, since we're reviewing the week of.
4: Yeah. yeah,
1: we probably should.
3: All right, so spoiler warning for those of you who have not yet seen Jurassic World, we may
1: spoil. Okay, so I don't here, think there's here it major, is. Two major to spoil in Jurassic World to me.
2: They ruined our script.
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> only one element. <laughs>
2: Yeah, there was one big element. <laughs> that one. <laughs> I was glad not to see the Barbasol can. I, <laughs> I was like,
3: there's no can, there's no can, there's no can. And then the thing went, Bloof. I was like, "Man,
2: <laughs> Which,
1: That was inevitable. I knew it was coming. Well, when, when he said, what's <laughs> that, white, that, what's that with... white thing there? And I went, oh, man, it's camouflaged. <laughs> Which they never do anything with again after that scene.
2: Not really. They mentioned know. it later that it was camouflaged.
1: Yeah, but you see it every, all the time. It never you goes into hiding. You see it every time, too, even when
2: it was white, you saw it back there, but it was just blending in. I, I
1: guess it just—they built up that.
2: Oh my God, it's camouflage. Well, because and then of, they don't do anything they when, when, when the like guys go
3: out anything. to get it uh, with their non-lethal weapons. Which, okay, um, but then and it's blend, completely blended into the trees until it moves, right. and that's when they go, "Oh my God, it's active camo." But. After that scene, I think you're right. After yeah. the act of camo. Yeah, after, after the yeah, of, they yeah. just drop it. They, it's, it's, it no longer That's has that ability. It's movie, though. Well, well, but it
2: doesn't need it because it's continuing – yeah, there's this it's continuing rampage, movement, yeah. rampage. So it, it didn't need it. But but they mention it when they're looking for it in the paddock and they can't see it. And and, and it's, it's – oh, it's when the because, curse guys well, go out. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, it's
3: not so much the act of camo. It's the – it doesn't show up on the uh, – Infrared. 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 That's yeah. right. For the heat. Uh, yeah.
2: you're, Are you talking about when the guys, the first group of guys go out there and they take the non lethal weapons? Yes. yes. Those yes. guys. Okay. Yeah. It's mentioned again. After that? After that, but oh, I can't God. remember what reference. And we don't see it camouflaged, yeah, but they talk about yeah. the reason they're having difficulty finding it or, or they don't know that it's there is because of the icon, Oh, okay. Maybe the, I missed that line. I, I can't re- remember I really, exactly what the, what the line was, but there was another mention of the camouflage.
1: I really enjoyed the movie. It doesn't it doesn't come close to the first film or the books but it tries it gets it gets closer to the target than the sequels do on trying to achieve the feel yeah yeah i think that it, it doesn't quite land it but it gets pretty close I, I well, the on wonder of these dinosaurs which i like that idea that they explored that they have they're genetically modifying these creatures because our society's on wonder for these dinosaurs are gone that was an interesting. The kid that's thing on his cell it.
3: phone, yeah, standing in front of the T Rex paddock. <laughs> it's yeah, like here's a T Rex, and, and I'm nothing. on my cell phone and checking it's, Facebook. It's such a, and, you know,
1: also a fascinating commentary on society in general today. Which I so I really appreciated that aspect. I just it felt like they started to explore it and it could have done more to explore it even more The scientific implications of all of this felt like they didn't explore it enough. The the park itself, I thought they did a a
3: phenomenal job with everything in this park is when, when we were playing Jurassic Park builder, this, this is what happened in my head. (laughs) This is what I built (laughs) was this. And you know, this is what the first park would have been. This was John Hammond's dream. And it was like, Oh, I get it. You know, the well, and, the one you saw in the movie was just like ah, it's kind of like a ride. And there's a whole march later, and a boom, 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 boom. And you know, and it was like, oh, this is what he envisioned. I was like, okay,
1: great. And it was very Disney World. You know, that they well, and had they, the, even the, even building on the ideas of what was in the first park with the feeding of the T Rex and the fact that they built the the ride, the design, the exhibit around that now. Yeah. Instead of just oh, you're driving past it.
3: Yeah. And the flare, yeah, <laughs> to call attention yeah, the to, the, was cool. to that.
2: Oh well, even adding like the kind of the Sea World element when they had the one, yeah. that was in the, the they were they were set up around this aquarium to, or the, uh, this pool, yeah. And then when the seats went down, and they said, "Now we'll show you," and I went, "Why has SeaWorld not decided to do that before? What an ingenious yeah. idea!" <laughs> Note to self:
3: blast doors that close over that, <laughs> so that. When things go bad, you're in there. <laughs> that, that's a good idea, yeah. it's not a let's just lower put everybody in there and they go, and close it up.
2: Uh, uh, I think unfortunately the, the, the because of this film, they can't do another Jurassic Park, though. they can do another film in the series, and they will. there'll be a sequel. But you can't have another Jurassic Park or Jurassic World structured film because no you, once this happens now again after you've put all these protocols into place and all that, you have you know this park that does this and then chaos ensues and even worse than the last time. Because this time, it's not pre-park opening. It's while there's visitors there. Right. So unfortunately, we're going to get something like Jurassic World or a, a Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 in the next sequence of this series. And unfortunately, that's a sad thing because I think that was the detriment to the series was doing a... Yeah, we upped the body count for Lost World, but we had to do it in such a way where it was people that were professionals knowing what they were doing and they were the ones that were being – I mean, they went into dan- danger. It was – I mean, yeah. that's that was hazard pay right there is what yeah. that was. Whereas when you're doing a park, you've got kind of average everyday people that are just working there. you got the professionals, but you've got the people there and then – on top of that, you've got guests that you've put in danger now, so you're going to the get that same aspect. type of movie in order to continue. You can't. You can't say, "Well, we fixed the protocols that failed last time, and now we're going to bring everybody back because nobody's coming back to your park." This is the second time <laughs> that your, the park has messed up. So I yeah. don't know.
3: I'm I'm kind of of the opinion that whether 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 you count two and three as part of this particular film's continuity or not, you do. And which I do. do. Yeah. Here, well, I, I haven't don't quite think, figured out how. No, yet, here's but, the thing well, is they you don't. Ignore you it.
2: didn't. It didn't ignore it. Well, no, it just didn't mention it. It never yeah. said. It never blatantly says anything or telegraphs anything that wipes clean the other, last two films.
3: Other than um, the the owner, I can't remember his name uh, when he he's going on about John Hammond's dying wish as he entrusted the park to me. Was to make this work and spare no expense was his motto. That's very much the John Hammond from the first film, and not the John Hammond who became the naturalist in Lost World. See, I disagree. I can't see him making that flip back to that and going, "Yes, go build a park."
2: I, I disagree. I well, think that well, Hammond still could have. I think Hammond still had the dream. He was just at that point more concerned about the dinosaurs on the other island. Yeah, he didn't express the capitalist ideas that he had. Oh, and he was also trying I th- to I can convince see him- Ian
1: to go to the island, and that's how he's going to also best convince him that John Hammond has turned over this leaf, and that's a way oh, to so try you think it. Yeah. Was, you think it was a oh, yeah. snow job? Uh, yeah. Partially. Well, I think, I don't I think he that was a scared. snow job. I, think that I mean, he cared, he cared about the dinosaurs. About the dinosaurs. I get that. I think what, I think what
2: Hammond knew couldn't happen was bringing the dinosaurs to the mainland, which is what InGen mm-hmm. tried to do mm-hmm. in Lost World. I think he knew that wasn't a good idea, but I think that he never lost the idea that the park could work. And so I don't, I don't think I never got the impression that that was, that was the case. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
3: But, um, where you, where you, where, where the struggle would be is the, that sense of wonder, because this film had it with, look at the dinosaurs, and showing me the wonder and the spectacle. I think that's part of, of like
1: three is better. It has some of that wonder and, and, and spectacle And two to it doesn't
3: too. work because two kind of takes the dinosaurs. We get one little bit of wonder, and even that's kind of tainted with Ian's. Oh yeah, first it's ooh ah, uh, then there's running and screaming, and and the rest of the time the dinosaurs are pretty much just the monster in Hunters, the dark, yeah. you know. And and so they're they're, they're not they're not that graceful elegant animal. They're just something to be afraid of. And so I think that's where you're going to run into
2: trouble with, you know, going down the road. I would agree. I think that's why I think that you, you, you won't be able to do as good of a film as Jurassic world, because you're going to have to change the structure as they did with lost world and Jurassic park three. Yeah. Now having (laughs) said all of that,
3: um, I don't know. If if this was real world and you saw this horrible thing in the park said, okay, we fixed it. Would you still – and we slashed rates. (laughs) Well, (laughs) people are still
1: going on carnival
3: cruises.
1: (laughs) Would would, would you go? Or whatever cruise line that was. Because
3: keep in mind that – okay, what what caused this failure? It's like, well, we idiotically genetically engineered a (laughs) weaponized dinosaur. Well, we know they're (laughs) going
2: to continue to do that though because that's why – what's his name? Henry Wu escapes. Yeah, Wu ends up escaping, which that was my other – it was one of my other problems with this film was Wu was almost a little too mustache twirling. He became the evil scientist. Yeah, it just oh, yeah. he he was he was the mad scientist, and and even though they even though they kind of say that, it just it, it seemed like just a weird dynamic change in that character from the first film. Even though he didn't, we didn't get much from him in the first movie. It was like they were they were looking for that. Villain, and they didn't well, need it because the villain was the program, was the weaponizing program. Yeah. Was the using raptors to hunt, using them as as weapons. Well, and that Vincent was Donofrio the villain of the film. Pretty much Engine still is the villain. the villain of the film. So you don't need the mad scientist. And so like, they're
1: clearly setting that up for a and bigger thing. I think that's movie. partially why this and Lost World didn't quite hit that mark for me, is what I like about the first one. And what I like about three is there is no villain. It's just man versus nature, people trying to survive. And when you try to have an antagonist in something like this, personified in uh, what the nephew or Vincent D'Onofrio or Wu, it just takes something out of the story for me. But that being said, Wu had one of the best lines, in my opinion, of the movie, fixing so much, even in the first three of why the dinosaurs don't look like they, how they should. <laughs> yeah, That was such a brilliant way to,
4: We've always to, to appease in the gaps these scientific so that,
1: yeah. people who are saying this is not what dinosaurs look like. Right. I, I love that aspect of it completely. And all the little nods, too. Did you guys see Ian? I didn't see There's like Ian. There's an Ian cameo. There's um, like a picture of him or something? Yeah, on the back of a book. Oh, I didn't notice that. On know. the guy with that. the Jurassic Park shirt's yeah. desk. Oh, I didn't see The books and the, the, the very back one is his Oh, so he's picture. got Ian's book. Yeah. <laughs> his book. Oh, that's
2: cool. <laughs> well, I like the the Hammond Research Center. That was a nice nod. Yeah, and the, they the, talk about the, the Lofthouse
1: cameo was nice. Yeah. <laughs> and so well done. Oh, so, yeah. That was
3: an amazing, you know when the raptor <laughs> <laughs> no, Just a hologram.
1: Um I don't know how I feel about the raptor program in general. Part of me that feels like <laughs> that 's a step towards the dinosaurs with guns that i don 't want to see um, them you know I, quite honestly, I, we, they did it better they, than I expected that 's just to. it,
2: leading up to it and seeing a lot of the clips I just I really have this real problem with it, but it was handled well
1: yeah. it was it actually worked the way that they did I think it. part of it also it feels like the movie was trying to do too much had they stripped away some of those antagonists and possibly the ve- the velociraptor program a little bit and just, we made this dinosaur, it's causing havoc, it could have been a better movie. I think my other problem... Would have let us invest in the characters more, too.
2: I think my other problem with the film was, and this was only a problem up to a certain point, was when she goes to paddock, open paddock number nine, and I went, you've got another genetically modified dinosaur that's going to fight the old genetically modified dinosaur? Come on! And oh, then I, just, knew, I knew, I, that. I knew. That. Well, <laughs> then they brought out the T Rex, and I went, "Okay, cool. No, I'm okay with that." So then they bring the T Rex out, and this is where we're getting into major spoilers here because we're going to major at spoilers the, at the end of the because movie. Because we don't number nine out, and now we've got the T Rex fighting this thing, and I'm thinking, "Okay, this kind of feels old hat." And then we've got the, the the final rogue Raptor that comes in and now it's the raptor and the the T-rex that are a hero fighting the new genetic I can't even remember the name of it even Indominus though it's Dominus Rex. Indominus Rex and then they got this secret about why you know oh well that that was another thing that was weird was well we can't tell you what we mixed it with
1: I, I believe what I, I, I kind of <laughs> Clued into that pretty early but, on. Too. Well, then yeah.
2: So once then you, I I thought actually, okay, s- it's it's obviously mixed with a
1: raptor. And once you saw the design, the full design of the Alvinus Rex, yeah, it's totally a T Rex and a and raptor. So together.
2: then okay, so that's fine. So then we've got, got these two. That was a good then we've got these <laughs> two. the heck We out got these mom. two dinosaurs fighting the genetic dinosaur, and I went. Oh, it feels like you took the joke, like when comedies do a sequel and then they try to redo all the same jokes and it fails. I'm watching this thing going. We're just doing Jurassic Park again now We're just making heroes out of these two We done it
1: at all Which I was yeah, really pleased with Yeah, and so
2: then I'm going Oh, Now this feels really old And then when they threw the <laughs> 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 The next one came up and I went Oh, you totally Jurassic Park that in the best way ever. <laughs> here's, here's the deal. So we, we, that was the actual Jurassic Park moment. <laughs> I went, okay, I'll give you that. That's when I was okay with it all. I was like, I'm glad you brought the other two in there because
3: you completely blindsided they, me. They, they set it up with, you know, Open Paddock 9. And I remember the, the, well, the first the thing was that, the, the we kid need more counted teeth. the teeth. And yeah. then he
2: goes, we need more
3: teeth. We need more teeth. At the, at the beginning of Jurassic Park, or at the end of Jurassic Park, in the, the the making of the first film is a, a, a story that Spielberg tells wasn't going to end that way, right. mm-hmm. and he said we need to bring back the T Rex. The T Rex is the hero of the picture. We, we, we need to have him in this fight, so that's why the T Rex shows up at the end. Even though how did he get in the? <laughs> that's the problem. Well, we, <laughs> no, we, don't care. we don't know how he. Got we don't there. care. It it's matter. like blowing up the shark at the end of Jaws. It had to happen, so we get that moment. It's like yay, and the T Rex isn't in this film.
1: At no. all, I, I uh, was starting was, to realize he wasn't. He's by the, that, know, in, in that, 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 that one point, background that one shot, scene
2: where they were going to feed the yeah. the, um, the goat. Goat to it. You know? That's yeah, really that all was it is.
0: Yeah.
3: And so, go open paddock nine, and I went, "Be a T Rex, be a T Rex, be a T Rex," <laughs> and it was. I was like, "Yes!" And it's not just a T Rex. It's, it's the T Rex yeah. from, so from so the first hero. It's the like, hero of the film finally showing up. was like, all right, and then it gets. this. <laughs> I mean, it's just
2: brutal although we know it couldn't be the t-rex from the first time. no it is
3: that's what they've the, said the filmmakers have said there are two stars from the first film that come back henry Wu and the t-rex i think they're
1: saying that the in more of a the, the, the raptors no they're saying the that scars.
2: oh the scars were on it well yeah. then that's they've messed that up completely well no well, there, because all line, of the dinosaurs on island nablar nablar no there's a Niblar. line eastland nablar eastland, um Died out. From there's, the there's a line lysine in deficiency. There's
1: a line in Lost World where they say they they pretty much write off the lysine deficiency for both islands. No, no, so, no. Yeah,
2: no. He said all. Well, he said all of the ones were that were.
1: Well, and he says no. Life found a way.
4: Yeah, that's right. They did. They, they, they did. They never mentioned. They never over. mentioned yeah,
3: Nublar. Right. They mentioned the other one. He says, shouldn't they've all kicked? And he says they should have. But by God, they're
2: flourishing. And
3: so, and and so you so can take the assumption that Nublar did too. So I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But um, so it's the T Rex, okay, it's cool, and then okay the Raptor teams up with it, and it's like okay, well this is cool, and immediately I thought you got to get this thing over to the water, you <laughs> got, to, you, that's how this has to end. I just knew you got to get this fight down the street further, and it slowly got. I'm like hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, get there, <laughs> hurry up, and get there, hurry up, and get there yes and people broke into applause it was just like (laughs) the greatest summer moment so far well i did
2: when it it came up over the side and got it and i went ah (laughs) and holly goes you didn't expect that did you i said no i didn't expect that
3: there's a um i didn't realize it but um of course a lot of product placement we had samsung and uh, uh Verizon Wireless presents *Indominus Rex*. So, you know, all these. Oh, uh,
2: there was another returning uh, character from the first film, Mr. DNA. Mr. Oh DS. yes,
1: I squeed a little bit of that. I did, did too. too. <laughs>
3: um, but did you happen to catch Jimmy Thanks, Buffett's *Margaritaville* on on oh, Main yeah. Street? <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize this until later. The guy that's rescuing his margaritas, he's got two margaritas during the pterodon attack when the pterodactyls were coming oh, down. Oh, he and he's was right. is that Jimmy, it's Buffet? it's Jimmy Buffett? Jimmy <laughs> well, Buffett. you say that? It makes sense
2: because my first thought, I looked into the and said, that guy was a lot more concerned over his margarita.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, another thing I liked about it was they didn't try to rehash the same things from the previous movies. They could have tried to redo the iconic moments and improve them, and they didn't. There was a little bit with the gyrosphere, but they changed it enough that it wasn't the SUV with the T-Rex.
2: Oh, oh yeah, it's it's
1: with with yeah. with the, like, the like, glass, like those old all yeah. those big no, iconic those... dinosaur moments weren't there. There weren't the raptors in the kitchen. They didn't try to. They, they up were really those kind of. They like were there, but they World were so
2: well disguised. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, the, like, because they they,
1: they kept they, that structural. They like the were, birdcage. You yeah, know, it's like here it
3: is,
2: and this is what's happening. Right, right. <laughs> okay, they, they reinvented. You know that the makes so much more sense that the dinosaurs did survive, that were still on Nablar, because of the fact that the old center was way back in the restricted yes, area as well yes i love okay, that that makes sense too. that makes sense yeah and the <laughs> jeeps so the gas power jeeps and the
1: banner yeah the, oh. yeah they <laughs>
2: put it around the thing and made a torch out of it even i thought that was kind of cool um
1: yeah I, it, it's, I, it's a fun I, I was I close to it. getting misty once they started walking through that <laughs> old, old center yeah
3: and the music was great. Michael Gatchenow did a really great oh, job, kind of echoing I, I, the. the yeah. John I didn't Williams know who had around. done
1: it, and once I saw his name, I was like, "Yep, I, I, I could hear him." I started. I wondered throughout it if if it was Williams or if it was
4: Williams you know, got some
1: credit because uh, oh yeah, a couple well, of the... and he did in uh, Lost or three also. Yeah, he got credit right. for the theme. Yeah.
3: The, the ball scene I did love. I couldn't. I love how the, the tonal shifts went like this during that whole thing because at first it was humorous that the thing couldn't quite get its jaws yeah. <laughs> around it was trying to pick it up and it was like <laughs> and then the teeth went <clears throat> it was like oh God. so i mean just <laughs> one moment to the next in that film i really wish the characterizations would have been just a little bit more like we get yeah. one line about mom and dad are divorcing and then that's dropped we, we don't go See, back to I that think they could have yeah, done i, a okay lot. With, I think that's okay true. with that i didn't need that well I it
2: don't, makes I, the plot feel thinner but it i, yeah, I mean know. i, I just it, 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 it,
3: there, there's something that you could have done and we didn't get it um, I, I, I feel like the, the the guy when he's all like, well, "I can fly the chopper, come with me, boys." Like, see you later, dude. <laughs> You're not gonna come back from this. And I liked him. I, I liked like oh, yeah. the one
2: guy that came over with him the first time when she was in the back riding. He goes <laughs> <was laughs> off, and she goes, "Is he okay?" And he ran over her to get sick. <laughs> oh, he's just being dramatic. He's just being dramatic. <laughs> but it hey was just- that guy was a neat, neat. Neat part. I just said uh, yeah. he wasn't. He wasn't a villain. He wasn't, he wasn't a bad guy. He was and, just. And the,
1: he 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 wasn't quite. John he Hammond, was the eccentric was millionaire. Is yeah. what he was. Isn't that that was pretty
2: cool?
3: I just I, I just liked. There was so much of this that was just like you said. It's a fun popcorn movie. That's really where it's you a just great come installment
1: in the franchise. It is. It's not as good as the first one, but it's just it's just a lot of fun. And I had a blast. So I I, I noticed the names in the theater, but it didn't it didn't click. The screenwriters, two of them. Um, wrote Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So they're working their way through my franchises. <laughs> <laughs> wonder what they're going to do next. If they keep this rate, it's going to be good no matter what it is. Well, they're getting better
2: because, you know, Rise was just kind of... <laughs> Well, it was no dawn. but Come on, you got to
1: start somewhere. Rise was also fun,
4: which means
3: that you know they'll come back with somebody else to write the next one. It'll be dark. Uh, Yeah. um, Yeah, It uh, it doesn't. Wouldn't work for. I don't know if you guys heard, but it did um, domestically is is number two. No, number one did it. Number one domestically. Yeah, finally, and uh, and worldwide. Worldwide. Globally, it 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 busted a record globally. Yeah, Yeah. five hundred million. It surpassed
1: Harry Potter and surpassed Avengers. In okay, both, I saw it early categories.
3: on Sunday, so they must have racked yeah. up a lot yeah, more. They act- I think Monday I is know. when the
2: actual or this morning was when the actual numbers came back. Yeah, yeah, it had actually taken number one
1: barely. Yeah, by just one point eight million it. or something like yeah. that. Disney's demanding a recount. <laughs> <laughs> Universal bought extra tickets or something. <laughs>
4: in Florida. <laughs>
1: Wouldn't that be a hoot to go see it there?
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so moving on. Let's move on.
1: News. We have some convention news. Uh, Li Who has announced some guests, including Paul McGann and Wendy Padbury. So that's exciting. Uh, I guess they had some cancellations, too.
3: They did. They lost, two, and I don't have that pulled up because I didn't think we were
1: doing this. Um... <laughs> Uh, but as, as Sean pulls that up, I'll transition to other cancellations at another convention. And unfortunately, Stephen Thorne won't be at Time Eddie this year. So, uh, I'm glad suffered, we met and interviewed him. He <laughs> suffered a loss in his family. so Aww. He has had to cancel. So Our
3: thoughts go out to... Uh,
1: maybe next year for Time Eddie 2.
3: Uh, Gemma Redgrave and Nick Briggs. Can't be with them at LI Who 3 That's too bad. Yeah.
2: So, maybe maybe filming commitments. Jim is a big one. Yeah. Oh, Nick's big too, but he's usually he goes to a lot of conventions in the stateside. Maybe filming commitments. Probably big finish commitments. (laughs) (laughs) If it's those two.
1: (laughs) Uh, In other news, a producer with series nine. Wrote on Twitter, we'll be back in September. <laughs> it then very shortly was deleted. So. How can this be? Series 9 might be coming back in September or Oops. sooner. Or. <laughs> <laughs> this seems to be a problem with producers. You know, this happened uh, last year. Last a similar
2: year. situation.
1: Very similar. Uh, which last year. Not on
2: Twitter. I think it was in an interview last
1: time. Yeah, it was. Um, this article that I pulled up points out last year it began august 23rd which in so coincided with a late summer bank holiday weekend and this year that bank same bank holiday weekend is the 29th so that's pretty much september so yeah. it's about as close as you can get easter saturday easter saturday
2: <laughs> only if i say it's not going to happen that's what <laughs> <does Easter laughs> Saturday.
1: And our last bit of news, Uh, Moffat has been awarded an OBE, which is Officer of the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire, as part of the recent celebrations that are happening over there, for whatever reason. (laughs) That part I'm not sure on. There's a party. I'm 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 sure some
2: monarch is having a shindig.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And tangentially related, Benedict Cumberbatch. Is was awarded the Commander of the Most Excellent Order, so he's a rank above Moffats.
3: And did, a proud Papa now. Did the yes. Cumberbaby
2: get anything? Not that I'm aware of. Uh,
3: Do we know what the Cumberbaby is? It's a boy. It is a boy. I just knew that it child. came. I, I, I was
1: <laughs> one of those. <laughs> they did have a child. Congratulations, reg It was an alien. It was an animal. It was a, it was a child. I, just I haven't seen a name. I'm sure somebody sense. knows, but I haven't looked that closely. It's George. <laughs> Wait, I want to say I'm a Arthur. year behind And that was a Royal <laughs> Baby Never mind I want to say Arthur But I could be wrong
2: Reginald Cumberbatch Arthur Reginald. Carnal, Going into it
1: Cumberbatch <laughs> oh, There you go ah. That's it for news
2: Well in that case Should we move on to Our Doctor Who Legacy Tip of the week We're going to do a short one this week again. uh, Again, if you have any tips, you know, you don't want my short abbreviated versions, send them in. Um, I wanted to point out that uh, keep in mind your perk system. I think there's a a, a tendency for people to not necessarily forget about their perks but forget to go in and adjust their perks. But one of the things that I want to uh, make sure that you – and unfortunately with the perks, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's a little bit cumbersome to go in and have to change your perks when you change teams up. It would be nice if you could assign perks based on each individual team, which you're I think would be, be ideal, is it? That would be wonderful. I thought I, thought I heard that. If, uh, I
3: suggested it to, uh, to Lee Clean the Susan. If um, they said, oh, that's a good idea. I was like, yeah, I know. If you could do that, it would certainly
2: make it easier. But it really, if, if you know your perks, that's the first thing you should do is familiarize yourself with perks. Make sure that you go in there and you're using those perks. Those perks give you a lot of advances and a lot of advantages when you bring the, uh, certain teams in there with them. Um, you know, predominantly one color team. There are perks that, that are very suitable to them, yeah. uh, giving bonuses for those gems. We've talked a little bit about the um, uh, ones that uh, give you extra gems uh, when they come in. They give you bonuses at the beginning of a wave. Those those yeah. sort of things. Um, some of the really really good ones are in uh, perk one section or the technical enhances, where you can if you form certain shapes, whether it be a five across five across line, a cross shape. Or a um, T shape, you can get some pretty good bonuses for that. So make sure you're paying attention to those. And one thing that I wanted to bring up is, if you're somebody like me, for the longest time, I had made sure I have every perk open and activated, everything all the way up to the S perks. But what I realized was the most recent uh, perk that came out was perk three that was uh, released and I've unlocked is leech and stalwart. And uh, if anybody doesn't know what those are, haven't got that far yet. Uh, Leech will decrease the team health by 13% each term, but it does boost all primary and secondary color damage by 5%, which can be beneficial to you. Unfortunately, you're taking a loss of 13%. So if you have a very strong, te- if you have a good team with a lot of health, that one might be something that's beneficial to you. And then Stalwart is, oh, I did that backward. No, I didn't. Oh, come on. Seriously? I'm assuming Wars is the reverse. Stalwart is kind of the reverse. It increases the team health by 8% each turn, but decreases all primary and secondary color damage by 13. So if you have a team that is very low on health, but you have you know a pretty substantial amount of damage that you're dealing to the enemy, uh, that might be one to turn on. But what I wanted to point out to you is, you also have the option to shut those perks off completely and not assign that perk. And I think what a lot of people do is they go in there, they've unlocked the perk, so they want to use it. So they throw it together and they, they say, okay, I'm going to use it. When you come to this one, because you have a negative on each side, you have a bonus and a negative on each side, sometimes it's not important to use either of those. If you don't need to advance your health at the cost of your uh, damage or vice versa, you can shut that off. And make sure that if you are using a team that is very well balanced and you don't necessarily need those, don't forget to turn those off because they're only doing you damage if they're not doing you enough good as well. So my tip is to make sure you go in there, familiarize yourself with those perks, and also realize that you don't always have to use them. You don't always have to have them on. Every one of the perk system has an option to turn them off entirely even if you've got it unlocked and sometimes that might be to your benefit as well and the reason i use leech and stalwart is because of the 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 flip side you know benefit to cost so that is your doctor who legacy tip of the week speaking of week that was very weak
3: tip of the week
2: <laughs> there you go Normally you
3: cringe when I do well, it. Well,
1: so. <laughs> you've been right up on top of the mic when you do it, so. <laughs> well, shall we move on to feedback? Feedback of the week.
3: Doesn't have the same ring. It
2: really doesn't. And it won't, because I won't put the echo on. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> i just got to learn to do that.
1: Uh, first bit of feedback comes from Ben. Ben writes, parenting level, brown coat. <laughs> hey guys, just listened to the show at work. As always, well done. Not a whole lot going on here. It's rainy and dreary at the moment. Yesterday saw me doing my civic duty as I showed up for jury duty. It's my third time being called. Twice now at the county level, I've been summoned. First time they sent me home because I knew the officers involved. I'm a former police officer. Like Lynn. Yesterday... <laughs> Didn't. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, they sent us all home after the defendant failed to show up, and a warrant was uh, thorny issued for their arrest. The other time I was called for jury duty was at the federal level. That one I did serve for just over a week as the foreperson. I don't mind jury duty as I find the process fascinating. That brings me to my next bit. I love the start uh, the Trek talk on the show. In addition to growing up with Doctor Who, the original series, Star Trek, was big in our house. Next up, I watched Percy Jackson and the Sea of Monsters with my younger son, Aiden. We both liked it. I would not say that it was a spectacular movie, though. The best part was when the kids went to the UPS store, and there was Nathan Fillion. My nine-year-old, Aiden, blurted out, Hey, that's (coughs) the guy from Firefly! Parenting level, brown coat. <laughs> Lastly, I'm stepping away from Doctor Who with my reading as I begin the Song of Ice and Fire series with book one, A Game of Thrones. is it
4: a
2: Song of Fire and Ice? Did he say it backwards? Or is it Ice and, ice and Fire? Uh,
1: so, uh, ice and Fire. Huh, I thought it was Fire and Ice.
3: Maybe it sounds better in my head that way. <laughs> is why That's the way everybody says it, but yeah, I, I think it's...
1: Most people just call it Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not too far into it yet, but it's good so far. Nothing I haven't seen in the show. True to book form, though it's expanded on what we've seen on screen. That's it for now, guys. I hope you all have a great weekend. Take care and dry out. (coughs) I'm Lord Ben. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Ben, Nathan Filling is the only reason I considered watching Percy Jackson and Sea of Monsters. I haven't seen the first one, even. The first one's good. I'll, I'll go on record in saying
3: that. I thoroughly enjoyed the first one. It's vastly different from the book, um, which I went and read after I saw the movie. And the, bu- the book completely goes in this direction and the movie goes in this direction. But they're still <laughs> equally enjoyable. I've not read the second book, but Mel watched the second movie and said it was horrible. So, uh-huh. But she really liked the first one. So maybe there's that bar to be set. I don't know. But no. I, I was really optimistic. And then she came back with a negative review. And I kind of went, eh that and none of the returning characters i don't think other than
1: the kids maybe but yeah Yeah. i don't know but ben liked it so it can't be all bad next up in feedback dr phil sent in some audio let's
2: give it a listen
0: sean keith and glenn hey it's dr phil again wanting to send us some feedback on project lazarus and arrangements for war these are among two of my favorites of the Sixth and Evelyn and, uh, adventures. And while I tend to every now and then go back and listen to Project Twilight, Project Lazarus, Arrangements for War, it is quite an interesting um, story, um, starting off with um, the adventures of dealing with the Forge with Nimrod and Project Twilight, Project Lazarus, Cassandra Schof- Cassie Schofield's timeline and how that plays into the Seventh Doctor's timeline, when uh, later with project destiny i won't give any spoilers but what's interesting about seven in project lazarus and project destiny which is the next one in the project series is that seventh doctor in project lazarus is post ace and hex pre-tv movie and it sounds like the end of that story it's shortly before the tv movie now in project destiny it's while he's still with Ace and Hex. So wibbly, wobbly, confusy woozy-ing stuff. So anyway, but getting to the substance of the story, I find that Colin Baker's performances in these two audios are some of his best from Big Finish. I find that we... I'm um, getting into spoiler territory here, so if you need to move, if you need... Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um, if you want to avoid spoilers, just don't listen for the next couple minutes. But um, we get a death scene from Colin Baker in Project Lazarus, which is something we didn't have on screen, which is something we're likely to have in Six's final adventure that's coming out this fall from Big Finish. Um, But it's it's extremely moving, and I think both McCoy and um, Colin Baker are absolutely stunning in this story. While um, I think it's tragic that Cassie has to die. It really pushes the relationship between Evelyn and Six much further. And I really appreciate with kind of the mature relationship material we get from Big Finish. Because this is around the time that the new series is coming back. So you had lots of great and gutsy attempts from Big Finish for dealing with relationships between Doctors and Companions. Which we did not see um, in the way that we see in the new series with classic Doctors and Companions. So this is a big plus. Um the conflict that it causes in rift that is played out in arrangements for war, which rossiter justice Rossiter justice is a reference to something in the last season of the audio visuals very small um reference um but Rossiter is played by Gabriel Wolf, the voice of sutek and it 's interesting to hear him as a good guy. We also have Paul Darrow, I believe doing um the voice um of Planet Potentiary Suskind, is it, I think? Anyway, I can't remember if it is Paul Darrow or not, but anyway, I think his voice is really exciting and timberly interesting to listen to in that that story. And I find that how, while it's a kind of by-the-numbers Romeo and Juliet story, because good love stories don't end well, um, that it really shows that the Doctor does feel for when people die, and that death and violence has consequences in Doctor Who. And as many times as... Colin Baker has mentioned it, especially in something like uh, more than 30 years in the TARDIS, um, is that, yeah, that violence in Doctor Who has to have consequences. You have to feel that people, when they lose things or die, that it's for something. Or, if it isn't, that the meaninglessness has to be pointed out. And I think the fact that when the Doctor says that Nimrod just cuts her down, that's... ah, I love that point. I get teary-eyed at the end of both those stories. And I love... Um, even the 7 section of Project Lazarus as well. So anyway, those are my thoughts on some of my favorite stories, and glad you're doing it. Cannot wait to hear what you guys have to say. Um, While I'm, this, you know, I might not always agree with you guys, it's always great to hear some really interesting perspectives on all the Big Finish stuff. So looking forward to hearing more from you guys. Take care.
1: Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Dr. Phil. Good to hear from you again.
3: Always good to hear from you.
1: And we'll let you know what we thought of those shortly. Next up in feedback, we have Holly.
3: Holly writes Project Lazarus and Arrangements for War. Hey guys, hope everyone is drying out from the rain. I thought I was going to have to do some arc building. <laughs> Loved the Bill Cosby's Noah's Ark reference from the last podcast. Also had a chance to see Jurassic World this weekend. Non spoilery review. Wow, I want more. So we should probably queue that up first and then launch into ours. (laughs) Tangents aside, on to the reviews. I have to say I really felt for Evelyn in this story, with everything she's had to deal with and not telling the Doctor about her health, and then the loss of Cassie. The plot twist near the end with the Seventh Doctor realizing that the Sixth Doctor was a clone was something that I didn't see coming at first. This one really kept my attention. Arrangements for War Well, this one picks up right where Project Lazarus left off for the Sixth Doctor and Evelyn. I can't say I don't blame Evelyn for being distraught at what's happened. At least the Doctor has realized that his comments aren't exactly the best and wants to make it up to her. The relationship that Evelyn forms with Rossiter was nice. At least Evelyn had someone to talk to about what had gone on and not worry too much about not being taken seriously. I can see why Evelyn thinks it's strange the Doctor doesn't stop to grieve. But then from what we know of the doctor's history, he's lost a lot of people and he would have spent a lot of time grieving and him probably doing that alone. And we know how well he does traveling by himself. <laughs> and everyone grieves differently. The ending conversation that Dr. DeVlin had was very touching and I think the two of them have a better understanding of each other. I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on these two stories. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Oh, thank hi. you, Holly.
1: Thank you. A lot of good points there. Up next is Chrissy.
2: And Chrissy writes, Famous last words. Dear Vortex Boys, I think I need a cookie, a puppy, and a hug after these two stories. Don't get me wrong, both are completely brilliant and well-told stories, but the emotional toll they exact on me, I kind of need to listen to Doctor Who and the Pirates just to have a little bit of levity back in my life. Project Lazarus. Lazarus. On a scale of leaving an innocent friend to die to facing clones of your previous incarnation, how traumatized are you? Bonus points for being utterly callous and unfeeling after Cassie's death and upsetting your companion. Not the Doctor's finest hour. Then again, I don't know what his his better options were. And then the trauma doesn't end there, because the Seventh Doctor gets pulled back to the site of the Forge, maybe after dropping Ace off at the Time Lord Academy, who knows, and he has to face the consequences of the of the Forge years after his initial con- in, encounter. Clever idea, though, keeping secret the fact that this was a clone of the Sixth Doctor and not the actual Doctor added to the confusion and intrigue of what was going on. Arrangements for war. Or, as I'm going to call it, the Doctor is never, ever, ever, ever allowed to go on vacation. <laughs> ever. I mean... What in the world happened to simply visiting a peaceful planet and not meddling in important events and getting the heck out of town before anything goes to crap? Good grief. I mean, I enjoyed this one, but I knew that there was going to be huge problems with the the doctor helping the princess and her secret lover keeping their relationship going. The The doctors read Romeo and Juliet, I'm sure, or ought to know better. Though I do like Evelyn's character arc in these stories oh excuse me over. though I do like Evelyn's character arc in these stories definitely cemented her standing as one of the very best companions in my eyes big finish or otherwise I like that she got on that she got to play a role in the political situation and even that she had a bit of a love story of her own even better that her relationship with Rossiter was explored and allowed room to grow and become interesting. One of the best parts of this story, in my opinion. Okay, that's all I've got. And if you guys want us, Five-ish Fangirls, on the podcast, just let us know. We could probably work something out. Not that I presume to speak for my fellow co-hosts, but I think it would be fun. Smiley face. Bye for now. Chrissy.
1: Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. We're going to work on that. And we will let you know. Our last bit of feedback. Comes from another five-ish fan girl, Rachel. I, she says, I just want to give them a hug. <laughs> Dear Vortex Gang, okay, I think I managed to pick myself up off the floor emotionally after listening to the audios for this week. Let's see how coherence my feedback is. <laughs> Project Lazarus. I hadn't listened to Project Twilight yet, so I had to listen to it first. I knew the basic premise going in that it involved vampires. But, I w- but it was much more than I imagined. <clears throat> I understand now what Glenn meant when Lazarus made reference to some of the events of Twilight. But I, think, but I think to get the full emotional aspect, you need to listen to both audios. The friendship between Evelyn and Cassie specifically is the emotional thread that ties them together. And it's the emotion that carries on further into Arrangements for War. But I'll get into that in a moment. As for Lazarus, I honestly got confused where the seventh doctor, on where the seventh doctor was going to get involved, because we get halfway through, if not further, before he makes his appearance. I have to say that I didn't see the sixth doctor, while the one who appears alongside the seventh doctor, being a genetic clone, even more so that he was only a few days old. Nimrod's constant attempts at his so-called science disgust me, and his willingness to throw away any and all exper- throw any and all- All experiments away, if they don't benefit him, is appalling. But I guess that's the sign of a good villain. And I'll be interested to hear what happens to Nimrod in in any other audios. And poor Evelyn, to come so close to not only saving Cassie, but curing her as well so she could be reunited with her son, and then to have her brutally murdered by Nimrod. Well, I don't blame her. I don't blame Evelyn for being upset. As fantastic as life with the doctor is, it can be very dangerous, both dangerous, both physically and emotionally. It's stories like this one, and arrangements for war, that make us realize why the doctor is so overjoyed, and the doctor dances when, just this once, everybody lives. Arrangements for war. This is the re- audio that really got to me. I hear the strain on the doctor and Evelyn's relationship, or. To hear the strain on the doctor and Evelyn's relationship was heartbreaking, but of course trouble can't stay away, and both get involved in the conflict on Vilag. Although it was an interesting twist to make them, to have them on opposite sides. Getting a little bit of Evelyn backstory with her talking about her mother and her sisters was nice, even if the story wasn't. Poor Evelyn and her budding romance with Rossiter couldn't endure. For now, spoilers, and the doctor's reaction. To the deaths of Christina and Reed, applause to Colin Baker. Just heartbreaking. I just wanted to grab both him and Evelyn and give them great big hugs. Kudos to Evelyn for meddling with the Tardis's console, so the Doctor couldn't go all Time Lord victorious with the timelines. We don't really see the Doctor grieve like that, but I guess this was the incident that broke the darn uh, broke the dam he erected for his emotions. Of course, the wall will go back up and be reinforced even more once the time war begins. But for now, I'd like to think that the doctor and Evelyn that the doctor and Evelyn as happy in the TARDIS with their hot cocoa enjoying their adventures where while Evelyn's heart is healthy and the doctor is happy. That's all for now, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Thank you Rachel. Rachel. Well, shall we move on to our reviews of Project Lazarus? I think we shall. I'll survive, Doctor. I always do. Unfinished business. A frightened girl is stalked in a land of eternal night. A hunter longs for recognition and power. A traveler in time returns to correct the mistakes of the past and faces a danger that could rob him of his future unless his future intervenes. And in the shadows stands Nimrod, waiting. Welcome to the Forge. Dun dun dun. Really?
3: It nah, doesn't get it done.
1: doesn't get it done. <laughs> Just a dun dun. What a fascinating way to do a two doctor story. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> Kudos to that. To, and to do two stories, essentially, because we get pretty much two encapsulated stories with a through line going between them. It's a really it's almost Moffat-esque in that aspect of okay, Big Bang, Pandora opens are this are two stories, but have a through line going through Mm -hmm. them. This is the exact same thing. It's really well done in that aspect. I agree. And the stuff with Six and Cassie and Evelyn was pretty heartbreaking.
3: The 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 acting is top notch. The emotional content is top notch the gimmick of doing two doctors in within one story while still being separately encapsulated was very cool. But I feel like the gimmick came at the expense of that through line. I feel like I wanted more of Cassie's story. I wasn't ready to let go of that. And, Now I'm I'm coming at this also. Keep in mind this is part two of three, so it's very possible that whatever events of the the third Forge story might retroactively fix this. But it it, it just we we spent a lot of time in the first one, kind of building this up, and then it seemed like at. The first available opportunity, she was dismissed, and Nimrod is evil, and we're gonna. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, he's he's really so over the top, mustache twirling. More look so at me, in this I'm a villain is, yeah. in this one. That I, I, it was almost distracting um, because there's not a lot of motivation given for him. The, the, he's just evil, okay. But you know, how did he? How did he brainwash her? How did he brainwash the the the, the doctor's clone, for that matter? They don't get into it. Is it an electronic device? Is it something that he's developed at Forge? Surely that technology shouldn't be left lying around, but that question never gets asked because we're too busy. Look what he did. It's evil. Oh, we've got this portal with these poor alien beings that are trapped on our side. Let's dissect them and experiment on them. For what? I don't know. Oh, they're useless to me because... What? There's just... it's, it's, It's evil science for the sake of evil science, and I think the story suffered... Because they really wanted to ram that aspect of it home for these two elements of, look, I killed Cassie, look, I cloned the Sixth Doctor, and he's only three days yeah. old and I'm treating him badly. Ha ha ha. And it just... I don't know what else they could have done with Cassie, though. <clears throat> well, I don't know either. But I, like I said, I, I i just feel
1: like if we're going to
3: dump it, that it, story it like in order had... to get the Seventh Doctor's bit in there, I just wish it would have been done differently. To
1: me, it, it more felt like they had two germs of ideas that they couldn't fully develop into full four-hour or four-part stories, and so they decided, okay, well, let's figure out a way to make both of these cool stories or these stories work in one audio more than to the sacrifice. I would say the Seventh Doctor story is a little weaker, but for me, the... Cloning of the Doctor aspect of it overshadows these alien creatures that he's dissecting.
3: Yeah, I mean, the aliens are definitely the B plot. Yeah.
2: It's interesting enough that you guys bring this up because actually, Mark Wright and uh, Calvin, uh, Kevin Scott, who wrote these stories or wrote the story, actually pitched two separate four part stories to Gary Russell, who then decided to truncate them into one story. And he says this was an anniversary year and it seemed appropriate to release a multi doctor story in addition to Z- Zag- Zagreus. 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 So it sounds like Gary Russell's the reason why this kind of feels like <laughs> it's kind of squeezed down. <laughs> now into what did it. you think? Um, I'm 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 kind of in the same boat as both of you, especially some of the points you hit on. And I'm not going to redwell on those because I, I completely agree with what you're saying about uh, the, the, the the mechanisms within the first part of this story. What I really liked, and I think what actually smooths this story over for me is the fact that I liked the way that they handled a multi-doctor story. I like that we don't actually ever have two sto- two doctors, real doctors, together at the same time. So I like the gimmick. But I, I agree. I think at the expense of leaving out a lot of what the, the substance of the first part of the story. Because the second part of the story, I don't think that I felt like they left really any substance out. I didn't feel like I needed to know any more other than I was still hankering for what the the purpose of the forge even yeah, was yeah. in the second story but I, think- I had already gotten past that since we had truncated it all in the first story i kind of wondered if we would get some more of a revelation or some fruition as to the more of the meaning behind these experiences once we got to the second part but we didn't but because it was formulated in such a way that it was just a it was situational i was kind of okay with the second part of this so i actually enjoyed the second part of this the thing that i had a problem with was I don't necessarily think I predicted that the that the Sixth Doctor was a clone. Although I... I, I knew it couldn't I, be the actual I, That was the thing is... And, and he was off. Thankfully there was the, something off. Thankfully, he's the Seventh Doctor outfit. at some point says, why why don't I remember any of this? And that was my initial thought when he first arrives is, Seventh Doctor should remember this. Now, one of the things that's in the back of my mind is something that's set forth, and I love that they did because it kind of does re- retro- retroactively fix a lot of things is, I believe from the precedent that's been set forth in Day of the Doctor, the idea that once they're all together, they don't have any memory of what happened together once they've left. With the exception of, I kind of abbreviate, or I I kind of qualify that as the last incarnation. So Matt Smith's character in Day of the Doctor, to me, remembered everything that happened. Yeah. But the most recent incarnation of the Doctor, I believe in those situations, remembers everything that happened before. Because it's, in a way part of his timeline. So I believe that 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 happens. So that works in this way retroactively, but as we know, that wasn't established prior to. So knowing that this story was written many years before this, (laughs) I kept wondering, why doesn't the Seventh Doctor remember it? So in my mind, automatically this was not the Sixth Doctor. I knew it wasn't. Um, So then when it's revealed, and, and again, I think the clone element wasn't so much a surprise the, that he's only a couple of days, days old. old was neat. And that there and are like that. a lot of him. Yeah. yeah. That was a bigger one. That was neat. And yeah. That, yeah. That, that added some me. gravitas <laughs> to the second part of this story. So I really quite enjoyed that. But but for all the same problems that you had, I would I completely agree. I wanted I wanted to know a little bit more as to why Cassie was so easily uh, manipulated. Um, the clone aspect of it I didn't have so much a problem because he was created in the lab. And so I thought maybe maybe um uh, Nimrod had maybe a little more influence just based on the biology or science of it all. But yeah, Cassie was just, just seemed like a quick turn. And it, it almost seemed like.
1: When they, they tried all, to make it seem like it had been so long for her. Yeah.
2: It was, it was more for the benefit of the shock, that, yeah. that, that twist, you know, that, that they did it. And because yeah. it was, it was cut down so much. Now, the interaction between Evelyn and the sixth doctor at the end of that part of the story was just heart-wrenching and I really I, I really think that the, the the performance there is what makes that first part it's the best part of the first part it's the yeah. fact that the doctor seems so callous he can't really explain why he is the way he is and Evelyn has to learn that in the next story which I think hugely benefits that 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 scene as Agreed. well
1: yeah I, I, I did leave the story wanting more forge, more exploration of what was going on and well, the purpose behind it. It's it's almost like, but a, also knowing that there's another story coming, it feels like it's an additional chapter. It's, it's
3: almost like it's a off the books Torchwood. Yeah, you know, because Nimrod has that line about, "Well, we're here to you know explore the the alien technology that washes up on Earth." I mean, it's Torchwood before really Torchwood comes into its own as we know it. But this now begs the question: Is like okay, so who's bankrolling the forge? Yeah, is this something that is government sponsored or private sector sponsored, or is Nimrod really, really wealthy enough to be able to invest all this because he's a nut job and he (laughs) thinks that it's important? You know, I mean, there's any number of ways that you could go, and I hope those questions are answered in the third one. I, I bet they're not. And the I only bet reason, they're not either. Well,
2: the only reason I say that is because I think there's some hope as to learning more about the Forge. Because the last part of this in the Big Finish Companion, the story of the Forge between Project Twilight, number 23, and Project Lazarus, number 45, is told in the Big Finish New World, World's novel, Project Valhalla. So it sounds like there's another medium that Big Finish was able to tell that story to give us a little more insight. And I'm I'm hoping that when we eventually get to read Project Valhalla, maybe that's our next book report, um, perhaps that will maybe lend some um, satisfaction to these two stories. I don't think it will fix them, but I think that it will – maybe add to these stories and make us appreciate what's going on here, knowing that there's a constraint of time when yeah. you do these stories. And in a novel you can kind of flesh that out and make it bigger. And as as we know, Big Big Finish has done some novels. Um and this sounds like this maybe is, is our answers to that. And I, I really think that Project what's the next one, Project
4: um
1: that I
2: don't Destiny? Is it Destiny? That might be right. That sounds familiar. Anyway, I don't think the next one's going to necessarily answer a lot of that, primarily because I think that's a Seventh Doctor story as well. As As uh, Dr. Phil pointed out, that part of this trilogy actually will take place in the Seventh Doctor's timeline prior to (laughs) the events in this one. For the Seventh Doctor. Not Port Keith.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, like I said, I, I, I don't mean to diminish this story at all. From the, from like I said, the, all of the, all of the stuff that we got, I thought was very, very good.
2: I think it's okay to diminish it, but I just because I, I think you have very had. good reasons
3: yeah. to diminish it. Like I said, but I don't want maybe I, I don't want to come down on not liking it. Yeah, because I, I did, you, I did like it. Yeah. I just, I just wanted something a little different. I mean, I, I really felt like we had just tipped the iceberg in the first story with the vampirism and the Time Lord's response to the vampirism and how the Sixth Doctor handled it. And it seemed like all that just got chucked. We're not going to deal with any of that now. We're going to tell this story. And it's like, well, okay, I can deal with that. I'm fine. And then all of that got chucked. <laughs> and then it was like, <laughs> and now we're off on the Seventh Doctor dealing with the ramifications of it. And it's like...
2: Well, uh, tell, tell me if I'm wrong, because I don't get the impression that Nimrod... Like, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember my. I'm not. I don't get the impression that the. I think the vampirism was satisfied. Project Destiny. Okay, was satisfied fairly fairly well in Project Twilight. Yeah, I that's think what I remember, that aside from Cassie, I think it, in this one, I think it's Cassie's story that isn't that isn't really delved into enough it 's yeah. that thin line because I think they did a nice job of tying again that back to state of decay and how it relates to those vampires right um, but I, I think the, the i think it 's cassie 's situation, and obviously the vampire char- the uh, vampire lore and characterization was all part of a grander scheme with Nimrod, obviously because this one kind of lets us in. To the fact that he's been doing experiments with you know, axons, and and then uh, you know, a long line of yeah. they named off a, a bunch of things that he's yeah. he's done, and then now his his ultimate goal was to to collect a time lord essentially and and do experiments there and and try to further some sort of this you know project um, that the forge has been working on.
3: So it's kind of fitting in a way that we reviewed this the week Jurassic World comes out. So yeah. <laughs> He's Henry Wu well,
1: and that's the thing that the idea of the project Lazarus and the throughline of this I thought was very interesting of him trying to extend life and tap into what causes regenerations and recreate that i I thought fit in with the forge and what we knew of them in their fire or their vampire experiments and Nimrod as a character. I, I really like that aspect of it. and It, just, it almost doesn't quite get the justice it ne- deserves yeah. because it's split into two parts. That's yeah. the problem
2: is is, is there's these little things that just they feel like they're building on and then they just don't feel like to go anywhere.
3: Well, and knowing that the Seventh Doctor shows up eventually in this story when he's got Six, he's strapped to the table and electroshocking him to you know, let's see I, if he can, we can get him to regenerate. I, I if, thought yeah. that's where we were going with it yeah. and then kind of surprised oh that didn't happen I was like oh okay
2: but um, did anybody think when it's revealed that the six doctors are cloned did anybody flash back to that whole they took his blood moment when she sticks him in the arm and he goes ah you know I mean he he makes a I did remember uh, that yeah, yeah so I, I did as that, as they flash revealed back, back, that I thought oh
4: yeah and it was
2: one of those oh yeah okay <laughs> I should have I should have just known <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor evil one. yeah yeah well, and let's move into Arrangements of War, because I think that where this does a...
3: And good job, Sean, for scheduling these two together. Yeah. <laughs> well, where this one
2: does a, a good job of, like I said, that last moment between uh, Evelyn and the Doctor in the first part of this story, I think the second story really does a nice job dealing with those. Yeah, ramifications. yeah the ramifications Give of Give us
1: that review, Keith. Arrangements for War. On board the TARDIS, nerves are strained. After escaping the Forge and the murderous clutches of Nimrod, the Doctor and Evelyn have things to talk about. The Doctor's attitude towards death is a subject that these days is too close to Evelyn's heart. And eventually she demands to be set down somewhere where she can be free of him for a while. So they come to Villogue, where the Doctor's meddling lands him in the middle of a truly dangerous liaison, and Evelyn meets the man who wants to change the course of her life forever. Love is everywhere, but then war is too. Is it time for Evelyn to lead the doctor, or is the choice about to be taken out of her hands? And who is to say that what is the beginning and what is the end of love? Dun, dun, dun! I liked this one. I think that's inappropriate. Dun, dun, dun. I often complain. No, not complain comments on the political stories and how they don't work for me this political story works for me i don't know what it is i think they just spent, they did such a good job exploring the political atmosphere and jumping forward and with the news reports of for the time passing it just it's just done so well and so real well realized that there's not there really isn't much in the story that doesn't work for me
3: well, and it's a little different from most of the political stories because there. I mean, there there are good guys and bad guys within each you know faction, but you never really feel like you get that. Ha ha! I'm the evil vizier, and I'm it's working even, against the king. You know, I mean, is, it's, there, there's a
2: little I think bit factions. The one guy, but, I think factions even the wrong world. I, I would say nations. nations they, they're established yeah. nations. Yeah,
3: but you never get that. Uh, you know, there, 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 there's people that you know are like, okay, you're going to cause problems, but I, not to the Oh, you're playing nice this Uh-oh. direction and not you're the, the one other. behind it all. Yeah, how, yeah. We, we, and, There's and, a little
1: bit, but then it starts going crazy.
3: It's just, it just seems like it's pretty well lined up right away that the people that you, it's like, this guy's a problem and everybody knows it. It's not that it's a, you know, yeah, not necessarily a big secret, which I thought was, it was kind of a nice touch. Um, again, the emotional content, the, um, acting, um, are pretty much across the board top-notch in this story. Very good. Very well done. Very enjoyable. I question the Doctor that he thinks five weeks before an alien invasion after an assassination (laughs) attempt seems like a good place to go and rest. (laughs) Maybe when you lead the life the Doctor lives, you're like, hey, that's... Comparison? Comparison. Compared to the Forge, that's calm. Yeah. Now, admittedly, he did try to go to the Eye of Harmony first. Yeah. You know, he, 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 he did... The number one tourist resort. (laughs) No, okay. Um, How about this one? You know. So,
2: I think what you pointed out about it is what I didn't like. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll be honest here. I did when I started listening to this, and probably for the first maybe half of it, maybe not quite half of it. I, I kept thinking I'm not going to like this story. It's just there was too much of the there was too much of the political intrigue. There was too much of the political machinations instead of machinations. dealing with
1: the uh, fallout of the emotional right. Aspect. And so yeah.
2: it seemed like we we had stepped away from Evelyn and the Doctor's story. We'd kind of separated them, and we had those nice moments where the Doctor's trying to contact Evelyn, and she's pretty much ignoring him. We had the moments between her and um, uh, what was the guy's name? Uh,
3: Justice. <laughs> What was his first
2: name? Uh, yeah. What was his last name? Four, four,
3: four, four. R. Rossiter. Rossiter.
2: Rossiter. Rossiter. The, the the moments between her and Rossiter, and how she we're, we're really kind of getting a lot of her backstory through this relationship, and I really kind of <laughs> like that. But it was almost like it was it was one of these stories that it really felt very tropey. Like I knew where it was going. As you said, we had the one. You know, guy who you know is really setting things up, and it's real obvious that he's you know going to be the the kink in this and this whole plan. And I even knew that the doctor, when he starts meddling, I knew, oh doctor, you know this is the wrong path. You know what's going to happen here. I know how. it just it really felt I don't want to say predictable, but it f- felt familiar. And I thought I just don't like the way this is going. It was, it felt like it felt like um, War and Peace is what it felt like, and it <laughs> felt like I was trudging through the first at least third of this story. But when the the little things that happen like the 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 villain of this at one point starts to question the the, the comment that the doctor makes about the grander scale of things, and he even calls the um, he called the leader of the, the one yeah. that was assa- or, uh, the attempt assassination and has that t- sort of really eloquent diplomatic discussion with him about
3: what what are the you know possible ramifications yeah, yeah. of, yeah. of, of yeah.
2: what's happening and when he has that conversation with him it this story turned for me i went these aren't anything like they're setting up they're really taking this nice left turn and as keith said like, i thought that the passage of time was done really well through the new even though that's tropey. but even through the news. The, the spinning newspaper yeah, of audio. Well, <laughs> the, the way that they were disseminating what had happened between each of these broad spans of time as, as things were working through, I thought that was really well done. And it just, the, we keep using the words ramifications, but the ramifications of the situations that, that lead to the doctor's imprisonment, to Evelyn's exile, to, you know, the, it, just, it, it really started to work, and it started to click for me. And it was that second part, or second half of this story, that everything really fell into place. Well, and it's
1: once you get to the, the, the point where there's the looming threat of the alien invasion coming. Yeah. is yeah. when everything changes. Yeah, absolutely. And that, uh, having that alien invasion aspect to the story f- freshens it up completely.
2: And I sort of like how the alien invasion came in waves. It, or not waves. It came... In just moved across because it started in one country and it was you the it was it was impending oh, yeah. you knew it was coming yeah. and so, so it was working that, its way across fortu- this continent yeah, and yeah. fortunately that was what it was able to give you know our one team our final co- country the uh the the power to prepare for what was happening and to go come to kind of their aid and
1: actually You know, stop it once everybody kind of came together. I was a little worried that once the invasion happened, we'd drop all the political stuff and just focus on the war and the fighting. And we didn't. I like that we stayed on the political side of it watching this invasion happen.
4: Yeah.
2: So it it works on that level, and that's it, it. Really made me appreciate the story as a whole, even though I felt like it was very tedious and boring there for it, it a while. It was. It
1: was. It just world it, and character building a lot in the yeah. very beginning,
2: and it justified all of that character building yeah. once we got to the meat of the story.
1: I,
3: um, well, two things. I'm going to say this real quick first. Um, I've been meaning to bring this up. I know I talked about it once upon a time back in whenever. The olden days. The olden days. (laughs) In ancient galaxy, And I know it's bothered me, but I don't remember for sure. I'm pretty sure that I did bring it up on air. um, That, wow, I really wish Big Finish would get the music licenses (laughs) for the theme songs. (laughs) Because it's just jarring when it's not that doctor. Because I go into it expecting, you know, I know it's a seventh doctor story and it doesn't have that theme to it. And then we've listened to so many of these and I went, I'm nuts. I'm just, I'm just completely off my rocker. But then the last couple of weeks where we had some from the very beginning of the run and some of the later ones, mm-hmm. I finally cued into the fact they didn't have the licensing initially because it's the generic fourth doctor music for a seventh doctor story. And then later the sixth and seventh doctor's themes actually do come in. I don't remember at what point it's somewhere in the twenties or something. You know, that they, now that you
1: mentioned it, it wasn't, until more recently, that I queued in that oh wait these are actually different themes for each yeah. story.
3: that it's it's the actual opening music for that particular doctor's well, era.
2: I think you're right in a in a sense, but every time that they use when 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 the sixth doctor and Mel show up, no, yeah, and when the sixth doctor and Evelyn show up in a story, it's usually with the exception of maybe some of the early ones. It's usually the late sixth doctor like uh yeah, travel so the slightly theme. slightly varied and whenever we do something that's set older than that with the 6th doctor it's the theme most similar to the beginning of his era and the same thing the interesting thing with the 7th doctor and he didn't notice it until now is they're using kind of a generic theme for him except for when it's he and um mel they're actually using that seventh doctor from the series theme but whenever he's on his own for master for the second part of project lazarus it's that weird meld of it almost seems like a fourth doctor theme and i think that's calculated i think that's a this is a version of a theme we would have heard because these stories are set outside of that Time that these would have been taking place. Right, in the no, you're, you're right
3: there. But, but but going even one step further, if you go back and listen to a yeah, Seven no, Doctor I, story early, early, that theme music's not there at all. Right. Because right. it's just, hey, we didn't have it. And so I've, I'm glad that I finally—I I meant to mention it last week when we talked about these—and I, I, yeah. I completely forgot. Well, about and part
2: it. of that's because we've been listening out of order, and we, we we're way past the <laughs> 20s where they were finally where they using are finally. Get, but it wasn't until we went back McGann, and pulled one we and then went back the, in there. Yeah, and right. the McGann ones I don't mind since right, he's got his right. own thing anyway. It's yeah. like okay, okay
3: whatever. Um, but it, it it finally dawned on me that yes, I'm not crazy. Those weren't there originally. Yeah, they and weren't they are there, there now. So right. I was like, okay. Yeah. So, but okay, I like how they're
2: they're taking a different theme. Based, Based on where we're at era. in yeah, the, that's the nice. Doctor's timeline.
3: Yeah, it's the same thing with, you know, I, there's a part of me that in, the, in the books, um, when you pick up a book, I don't like the fact that the books all have the same Who font on the on the front. Oh. <laughs> I want the logo. <laughs> that's, that's an identifier of for that me. Era. That helps set the, the era. and it's just Well, not, the
2: nice thing is the target novelizations eventually started to do that. The, yeah. the, all the old stories had uh, that old logo. And in fact, at one point, the marketing stuff went to the diamond logo for a little while. But if you'll notice, a lot of the McCoy novelizations late in the Target they, series, they, the, they actually have the Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah.
3: But I mean, all of like the, the uh, fancy writing, the fancy writing, <laughs> uh, all of the uh, not not the new adventures, but the like you were reading the Eighth Doctor ones that. Well, I guess technically, the Eighth Doctor ones would
2: have the that Eighth Doctor logo, ones have that that standard that logo. Third I like Doctor revised. It. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But at any rate, that um, that that goes to a. I, I agree, and I see where you are coming from. That goes to a when worldwide was marketing things. They were trying to stay consistent it, so that yeah, outside yeah. yeah, the uniformity of, of it was outside of what was you know you. Sure, and, and, and it, it, it works
3: areas. for me fine on the DVDs. Like I like the fact that all the DVDs finds line up. But I just you know on everything else, I, I want my logo, I want my theme music, I want my that's all that's all set dressing to immerse myself in this era yeah. of this doctor. And so I'm glad that big finish got the music together and is <laughs> <laughs> doing it right. Okay. So enough of that. Um, um go for it. Uh,
2: Gabriel Wolf who played Rossiter as, um, Dr. Phil pointed out was uh, Sue tech the TV, uh, adventure parents of millions at Ar- Mars was also the voice of the beast in the impossible planet. And *Saint*. really, really interesting.
3: I didn't know that. um, I, did anybody else, when, when, when the doctor meets this, this young lad and starts bending his ear about, well, by golly, yes, you should go after this woman if you love her. It doesn't matter. And it, did anybody else have that? Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Just right off the bat. Oh yeah. That sinking, yeah. even before the reveal came, it was like,
4: oh, don't do it, don't do it. Don't, oh, but
2: what makes it so much worse is the fact that he and Evelyn have had this rile and you... You feel so bad that they're at this point in, this re- in their relationship that this has happened. And he's meaning well and he's taking her on a vacation. It's something that she can clear her head. And he all but promises her that this is safe because he knows the events that's going to happen and play out mm-hmm. and then changes them. And then changes
3: inadvertently. And it's frustrating because he's not wrong. No, no. I mean, he's the whole—it's not, whole, it's, it's not like he's giving bad <laughs> advice. It's that whole speech is like, "Yeah, you should go get the girl," and <laughs>
1: <laughs> right speech, wrong person. Yeah, <laughs> but um,
3: that—it I, I, didn't hit me really until afterward. Because again, this is like like everybody with hugs and cookies and puppies, and I kind of feel like, yeah, <laughs> I can well, use and, some of that. Some of
1: this for me is the hugs and cookies and puppies because. As devastating as the beginning of the story is, the fact that the Doctor and Evelyn have come to this new level in their relationship and everything's more or less okay with yeah. them m- helps the story a lot it, too. It's
3: that end cap, it's yeah. where where she's she's monkeyed with the circuits and we're there and they, we get this this window and his, into this private moment of these people. His
1: acting in that that oh, bit Colin was Baker cool. knocks it
3: out of the park in this one. He's so it, good. Had, he if breaks,
1: you if you ever wonder his range, you just listen to the story this the, and yeah. yeah. Oh. But um
3: it's it's the end that really puts that and, that bow on. And, and the and fact that Evelyn
1: then gets gets the doctor and why he's this way.
3: Yeah. And and the the, 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 the she, that she that door opens not only on the, this private moment with these two, but that door opens to the doctor and she sees it. And knows now how to, you know, that that damn broke. And I mean, it's it's probably one of those things in the doctor's life that there might have been, you know, every two or three hundred years, one of these moments that he just yeah. it, he keeps it everything pinned up, up and finally eventually... crumbles, and he's got to, you know, we all need a good cry every now and then, and this is this is the doctor's good cry. But I love the fact that we we stayed with them quietly on the bench, just having this, you know it's the most important discussion of their relationship. And yet it doesn't feel like it yeah. that it's just, you know, this kind of back and forth and you can tell that they, they've reached that moment. And he says, come here. I think we both need a cuddle. And it's just like, yeah, okay. I'm good. <laughs> I got my hug. You know, I, you know,
1: yeah.
2: Um, I had, I had a star Trek moment in this one. Star Trek OTS.
4: And
2: you, maybe it was, to us, maybe you'll, you'll yeah no, no, not soundtrack. Maybe you'll appreciate this. Let's see. see. As I'm listening to this, I over the shoulder. So I'm, I'm always trying to yeah that's right. I'm always trying to imagine what society looks like. What a what what what, what the I visualize in my head what this society of this planet must look like the, from down to the technology and the you know the the look and the 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 fashion. Everything about that, I try to imagine that in my head, and a lot of times, Big Finish, most of the time, Big Finish does a very good uh, job of filling me in with my imagination. And if they don't, a lot of times I can look at the box art, or I can look at the back when uh, Doctor Who magazine was doing the little two-panel, two or three-panel comic things that they would do with it. You know, some Mm -hmm. of my I've posted and used for our trailers. In this one, I was having struggling for a little while trying to figure out why I couldn't place visually what this place looked like, <laughs> and then it hit me. This is Earth. I mean, it's not. It's, it's what is it, Killier, Killier, uh, Killian? Yeah, Killian? They were that. called Killians. And I, it's because I was hearing cars and trains and machine guns, <laughs> and I thought this is a Star Trek episode where we just didn't do anything with the budget and said this is just a society that's involved just like Earth. Just on a single planet. And we've Yeah, we've landed on another planet that's just like very similar to Earth. <laughs> and so it wasn't until much later in this story that I went, that's why I can't picture it because I'm trying to shut out Earth technology and Earth fashion, and and that's what it is. It's here, but you do that a lot, especially in old Star Trek. It's like, well, we land on a planet that's pretty much mimicked Earth. They may be set like they may be still in the old West time when we get there, or they might be set in the nineteen thirties when we get there. But it's just, well, that was actually an Earth episode. But you know, so it was one of those things.
1: I was like, I'm struggling with this because it's old Star Trek. Weren't there some references to some advanced technology that we don't have here at least?
2: The, the other thing was the fact that they, they – I almost got the impression that they had never had contact with an alien species. No, no this was and definitely so first This was contact. their first contact. Yeah. I mean obviously the doctor is, but they don't realize it. So it, it was just one of those things where I was like, "We aren't really a problem with this society." Oh, okay, that's why. I
3: see they made such a big deal over the the water gardens and the the uh, the roses and and, and all that kind of stuff, and, and then the, the, the musical, palace, the
2: musical, the the the, the music, how they lull. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so that was a bit. I, I went
3: Naboo. No, yeah,
1: uh, yeah. that, that was, that a little that little was what I
3: saw. Was was the Naboo palace? Well, considering it's all, all
1: one continent and the rest is water, you can almost that yeah. helps lend to the idea.
3: But um, yeah, and I, I I liked Evelyn and and, and Rossiter together. I really yeah. hope it didn't hit me until after the story ended, because I'm so caught up in the emotions and the and the the drama of what's going on that I just kind of want to beat Evelyn around the head and shoulders a little bit and go. He has a time machine. He can go anywhere in space. But there's a <laughs> hospital out there that can cure this. You have an Earth disease. You don't have that disease, but for the
2: same <laughs> reason that she changes the time that the, the the time coordinates and stops the doctor from having his time lord um,
3: time lord victorious. Thanks,
2: victorious moment. For that same reason as why she would never ask the doctor, because she has learned that. She, she, him. she has gotten that. She, I think it took her, I think every companion has that moment, Rose and Father's Day, you know, where they have to learn why there are reasons why the doctor can't break those laws. And when the doctor actually goes so far to almost do it this time, and she has to, she, she has but, to fix it really bad. But, but
3: this one, I, I don't even see this as you know breaking a law of time. We're not, we don't even have to talk about time travel. We just have to go get her a pill on a planet <laughs> X.
2: <laughs> what is it?
3: Yeah, It'll fix that you. Her heart. Okay.
4: <laughs>
2: but wouldn't that go just a little too far in meddling with her timeline? I mean, they already are by well, the, yeah, the by, fact of traveling. But, yeah, so but, you know,
3: you can't observe something without changing. The idea, right.
2: though, is to, even though it never happens, is to drop the companion off where they left so that their life <laughs> <Yeah>. continues <laughs> as it was. Well,
3: what I would, what I personally would like to see happen.
2: Ian and Barbara, no. <laughs> you can go down the list. and nope, nope, Dodo, nope, no. no. Well, Dodo, maybe. <laughs> uh, Steven, no. Uh, yeah, just go down Sergio, the list. no. And, Lila, no.
3: Lila. You know. But I, w- I would like to see at the end of Evelyn's run, which I don't want to think about. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> but It was we- real
2: heartbreaking just to hear her talk about a heart condition. Yeah. This- well, sure, when we yeah. get
3: there, I would like to see her come back and live out her days with, with um Rostner.
2: Well, if there is some hope, the big Finnish companion alludes to the fact that this isn't the last time we see the Killians. Is not? Is not. woo okay. Here's open. Although none of them are in the main range, but...
1: No, I'm just kidding. What?
2: There are novels elsewhere. No! Yeah, there's a novel that kind of explains the Killians. Now. Um, if you want to know, uh, they will appear in the sequel to this play, if that's a, a hint, Thicker Than Water, number 73, as well as the Bernice Summerfield Adventures, in which Adrian is a Killian who works at the Baxitial Collection, and his father of Benny's son. Oh, spoilers. They also appear <laughs> oh, in the Gallifrey audio dramas, Lies 2.01 and Pandora 2.03. Huh. Season 2, Episode 3.
3: Yeah. So for people that haven't had a first contact, they sure jumped in there, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> well,. I well, think don't you open the foot every, everything's <laughs> out the door when alien invasion happens. It's like, well, there's a whole other world. Unless it's there. Earth, <laughs> then we
2: just kind of go. <laughs> then we pretend it, it didn't happen gas. or forget about it. <laughs> yeah, That's, it was an internet
3: hoax. Hundred <laughs> foot Cyberman stomping down the streets of Victorian no London. One, Nobody <laughs> remembers. It's that?
1: the government. Anything else? I don't think so. I don't think so.
3: Very happy with these. Yeah,
1: I was happy
2: with both of them, despite the problems with the first one. And
1: they pair up so well together. Well, of course they (laughs)
2: do. Sean had a plan.
3: He did. Occasionally, I know what I'm doing.
2: Although, apparently, he didn't pair this one with its sequel, according to. (laughs) Nope, going to make the wait. (laughs) Now, there's a lot of times that the classic series had sequels that we didn't know about until they happened. Yeah. That's the important thing. All right, what do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean?
3: Well, next week, as some of you may or may not know, is Father's Day. So to celebrate. I do know. You do know. Did you know that? I do know. It's Father's Day.
2: This is one in every, what is it, six, seven years that actually falls on my birthday.
3: It's also Glenn's birthday next (laughs) year. But we'll be focusing on Father's Day.
2: I thought we were doing um, that episode about that guy's birthday. No. No?
3: What, Day of the Doctor? (laughs) <laughs>
2: is there a birthday
1: episode of doctor that uh, that's the closest i would think
2: there is a uh happy death day in the comics i believe
4: <laughs> isn't that kind of opposite of birthday yeah it <laughs> that doesn't work for me
1: that's more of an unbirthday than an unbirthday uh, very very <laughs> unbirthday, unbirthday. Well, i just realized today is my unbirthday <laughs>
3: Uh, so we'll be doing Father's Day with Christopher Eccleston for Friday Night Who this week, so if you are able, please join in. It's a lot of fun, and uh, obviously uh, this one should be readily available
2: to all of you. I would hope. I don't have your copy of Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we talk a little bit about Saturday morning, <laughs> I shot straight up and went, <gasps> uh, did it again.
3: I was here, James was here, He's like, any issues this week? I was like, nope, Keith got me the, the you know, I'm, I'm set, I'm ready to go. Couldn't get it to stream. Oh. stutter stepped through the whole thing, and it just kept freezing. And then when it once it froze, it locked up. We'd reboot it, we'd start over. I'd move the timeline a little bit further to catch up with where we. And then okay, we're good. And we'd get about three minutes,
1: and then it would lock and up. You went, and you like, "I'm done." <laughs> I wondered why you were quiet. Yeah, yeah. I, I,
2: I I did this thing. I I shot up. I, literally, I shot out of bed Saturday morning, thinking I was going to get it to you in time. <laughs> didn't realize he. No, Saturday it's a whole morning. day after, and then I did the and I did the big gasp, and then I thought, well, he didn't call me, so he must have got it working. Okay, he must have taken got a copy and got it taken care of. So then I kind of placated that until just now. <laughs> <laughs> now you feel okay. So
3: now you were there. I was there. Did did, did, did our episode skip a chunk? Because you get the the recap where. Uh, uh, shot guy has got Perry on the ground, and he's looming over her, going, Mom. and then all of a sudden we skipped to he and the second Doctor were like already in town, and it's like I remember there yeah, being
1: you skipped you skipped a lot
3: because the timeline didn't move. The timeline oh, on, really on the board
2: was still like two or three minutes in. Well, we I, wonder the, I, been, I, I wonder if you had been I remember I wonder if you had been scrubbing around so much to get it to no that was catch back a, oh, that was the first that was the that's first really one. weird yeah is, so, that's I was watching job. the
1: same version you had. And you it just didn't, didn't do it. it. Didn't do it. Okay.
3: Well, yeah, I don't. It must. My whole system must have just crashed. So, really like I remember like that MVP. scene with them in, in, in the back of the horse cart, and you know,
2: I remember this. Yeah. You want to add injury to insult? You didn't watch when it. When I realized, when well, no, I, I didn't watch it. I didn't join. You know what I realized Wednesday of last week that I actually bought this on iTunes because I didn't think I was going to be able to get a DVD version ever. And I must have bought it a long time ago. So I have your copy and a copy I could have watched at
4: home.
2: And I didn't show up either
4: week.
3: I made James a promise. We wound up talking about Tomorrowland, so it was all good. But I, I made James a promise, like I will have you over at some point in time, not Friday Night Who related, and we're just going <laughs> to sit down. And we're going to watch all six parts of this, or all, you know, because we, we, yeah, it's been too long, and I don't remember most of it. It was like, okay, uh, he was like, all right, I'd be down for that. It's three me. parts, isn't it? Three parts. Well, it's the equivalent of a six-parter, but yeah. yeah, it's only three. So, um, so anyway, Father's Day with Christopher Eccleston on Friday Night Who, and then. Great Fathers in Doctor Who. So we're going we're gonna to tackle this topic, and we want your input. Um, I can think of two. I can pretty <laughs> much assure you Davros will not be on the best of list.
2: Uh, I guess he would be <laughs> considered a father, I
3: suppose. He, he, he needs to learn to cut the string. to find. <laughs> I have some ideas. <laughs> maybe we'll do another game
2: show next week. Ooh, that'd be fun. That'd be fun, like we do with Adric. Yeah. Okay. That's Hopefully how you have a, to do it now, because I'm all excited for it. With, with, a, with a more
3: positive outcome than what
2: <laughs>
3: Maybe this time the winner will actually, you know, maybe for, first of all, maybe we'll have a winner, and maybe he, maybe he will win the car this week. Adric, not so much. But uh, so there's that, and then there'll uh, be more than one contestant. Oh, well, that's true.
2: <laughs> Two that I can think of.
3: Maybe we can do, I don't know, uh, one of those behind-the-panel Who Am I in <laughs> That would be kind of fun. I don't know. We'll, this is your life. We'll, we'll put something together. Uh, and then uh, the following week is the Aztecs. So going old school with William Hartnell. Uh, and then a couple of 8th Doctor Big Finish Adventures, uh, Phobos, and No More Lies from Season 1 of the 8th Doctor Adventures <laughs> with Paul So You guys are really excited, I can tell.
1: Or 8th Doctor. Yay. I'm enjoying the 8th Doctor. Good. Stories.
3: Because you might get even more.
2: It's better than that <laughs> divergent universe crud we did.
3: <laughs> I really, I, every time one of those shows up on Facebook, where somebody <laughs> jumps onto the Big Finish site and uh, the Facebook, Big Finish Facebook page and says, So I'm new to all this Eighth Doctor stuff. And I'm curious to know where to start. And I start seeing people go, oh, I enjoyed this story, this story, this story. And there's inevitably. A Divergent Universe one in that list,
2: and when they do, don't you go?
4: No, I, I have a <laughs> at very least not jumping on there.
3: I have a very hard time going.
4: Don't
1: jump on into the <laughs> Don't jump
4: on it. You, know. There at all.
1: <laughs> you, know, you may like needs, it, but don't recommend it. For everybody
2: him. needs to experience the Divergent, but don't start anybody next
3: <laughs> I think there's a K in Knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, so I, I have a very hard time not jumping on all those posts and going, What are you doing? Don't send them there first. I mean, they can get there, but don't
2: send them first.
3: But mm. then again, if they like Paul McGann, we've always said Paul McGann's the best part of this. That's <laughs> well, true.
2: That's certainly true. They're going to be confused. <laughs> <laughs>
4: A lot of it will make sense. More schedule is going to be forthcoming. We've got <laughs> not a couple because it's the different <laughs> yeah.
2: universe. Just because some of those stories just amazing. <laughs> we They're
4: have whole different yeah. <laughs> Um
3: We have more schedule forthcoming. We've got a couple uh, kinks to iron out before we uh, get it posted, but we will let you know as soon as we know. And uh, of course, one of those uh, kinks for our scheduling, not necessarily for for us, is uh, British Fest coming up in. Uh, July. It's the week of the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. Yes, in Omaha, or technically in Council Bluffs, but it's right next door at Omaha. Under a month. Under a month now. So uh, uh, we're very much looking forward to that. And Glenn unfortunately will not be attending uh, this year, but Keith and I will be there uh, for sure on Saturday and Sunday. So if you are in the Omaha Council Bluffs area in Nebraska or Council Bluffs, Iowa, uh, you know if you're in the area, you know where that's at. If you're not in the area, Google it. Okay. <laughs> We're not going to get come, into, come to the area. We're not going to get into another geography lesson <laughs> here, um, but uh, please come. It's all things British. There's going to be Doctor Who. There's going to be Harry Potter. There's going to be James Bond. There's going to be uh, you know all kinds of stuff, and of course. Simon Fisher-Becker yes. is the guest friend of Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Simon Fisher-Becker could be there. And uh, so uh, hopefully a lot of fun. There's and a, other guests. Other guests. Mark Ryan, who was uh, in Transformers as the voice of Bumblebee. And uh, um, the second Doctor cosplayer, I cannot remember his name. He's not a cosplayer. He's an actual impersonator, impersonator of the second <laughs> Doctor. He looks like Patrick Troughton. It's, um, it's uncanny how much this guy looks like Patrick Troughton. He'll be there. Good time had by all. We and will be Sean there. Sean
1: Connery's son. I'm blanking on his first name.
3: Jason, although I think Jason had a filming commitment actually yeah, come up.
4: Yeah, I think up. I oh, heard yeah, that too. You're yeah.
1: Right. yeah, I did see that. No um, i about that.
3: But uh, at any rate, there will be all kinds of stuff. We're looking forward to seeing Moose and, and our friends up north. So uh, if you're in the area or plan to be in the area or think you might want to come, by all means, come on down. Uh, you can find their information online at, uh, I believe it's British Fest at Weebly. BritishFest.weebly.com, I think, is their website. Google we'll search
1: British Fest. It'll come up.
3: Uh, yeah, just Google search it, and uh, we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. I'll make Glenn work this week.
1: <laughs> it's just BritishFest.com.
3: It is just britishfest. Okay, so BritishFest.com. And, uh, but, yeah, we're, we're very much looking forward to it. So as soon as we kind of get a little more finalized on the plans with uh, the con season starting for us, we <laughs> will keep you informed. And as always, uh, uh, you, know, you can uh, follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook. And uh, uh, if you have not yet, uh, we would love to have you uh, visit our Patreon page and make a donation. And uh, for those of you that are active on Patreon and supporting us, thank you so much yeah, um, for, for, for doing that because you allow us to not only continue to uh, produce the high level of quality programming <laughs> you've come to expect here on this program... Uh, but, uh, we get to do fun things like game shows. So that's, right. <laughs> exactly. well, if we promise all new sound effects next week. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so there is that,
2: um, I want to thank everybody that was active, uh, in the past months. Um, I do believe that we have had, um, at least one and maybe two patron subscribers Who have increased perhaps their um, pledge to us. And I would love to give props, but um, they know who they are. And uh, if you've had to adjust and take your pledge, your monthly pledge down a little bit, we understand. Um, It is hard times. But uh, for those of you that have increased their pledge, we certainly appreciate that so much. I'm looking at a certain somebody in Atlanta. And. Uh, yeah, please continue to help us because, again, all of that uh, support goes right back into this. Show. Well, and, and, re-
1: and remember, if you're so inclined, you can also visit our Spreadshirt Show shirt site. We have a show? We have a Spreadshirt <laughs> Show all about Spreadshirt. Is this on Periscope? <laughs> and purchase merch, for, uh, Do- Traveling the Vortex merch. She just really say merch. Merch. <laughs> Walter Merch,
3: editor. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: Yeah, and show your pride as yeah. a listener with traveling the and merchan- traveling the, the, the merchandise. traveling the merchandise <laughs> <laughs> travel our merchandise pick something out buy it <laughs>
3: merchandising where the real money from the podcast is made and then obviously you can uh,
2: <laughs> buy things on the on the amazon.com through our site and that money some of that money goes to us as well so
3: and again, with uh, just a quick note on the patron thing mm-hmm. um, that is we love hearing from everybody we love the feedback we love the fact that our listeners you know Interact with us, uh, you know, on a weekly basis. That's just awesome. Uh, whether it's through Facebook or Twitter or you know the Friday Night Who or or whatnot, but getting not only a, a donation but an increase in a donation on on Patreon is for me. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Such a vote of confidence. It that, certainly is. You know, yeah. I kind of feel like. Hey, we're doing something right. Yeah. I mean, I just, I show up and I do my little show and that's kind of it. And then to get that is kind of, you know, that's more important to me than on a walk. Yeah, it's absolutely. just like somebody yeah, genuinely thinks enough of us to go, okay, continue to come into my living room or my, my ear balls while I'm driving. <laughs> so thank you.
2: And I, I do want to say uh, a shout out to Lisa, Dan, Brenda, Kirk, Alex, Caroline, Mitch, who uh, Brannigan, Chrissy, Eric, and Vincent? I think you all should get um, praise for helping us out. You all are patron subscribers. Uh, we'd like to add to that list. If you want to hear your name called out, say how's that for baiting? There, there you go. <laughs> if you want your name called out, we'll do this again, and, and uh, we'll thank you. If there's anybody I miss, I, forgive me. I'm just I'm looking at the most current list that I have. So
3: and no, I haven't forgotten about the, uh, the the gift baskets uh that that go out to those people yes, where, yes. Where, that's no I have not. <laughs> they're way believe me, they're weighing very heavily on my mind. <laughs> they're not done, but I haven't forgotten about them. They're 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 in progress still. It's a it's a terrible burden that you've all placed on me, that you were all so awesome I was not prepared for the initial wave of work that I was going to have to do <laughs> to put that together. And I do work on it. So I yes. It's forthcoming. I promise you it's forthcoming. I haven't forgotten.
2: And I keep threatening a pledge drive, but I, I can see that on the horizon. I can see it on the horizon. That could be fun. I think we do. I think we'd have fun with the pledge drive. Can we have phones? Yes. We can I have
3: want a pledge drive. can't have a pledge drive without phones. phones. I want to Step answer a phone. Up. Hello?
1: Old phones, not even cell phones. You gotta have the yeah, phone.
3: no, that's a big. In the, in the, the flashing light. And you the,
1: know what we
2: could do? is we could have the 5-ish fangirls on our show to help us with our pledge drive. Ooh. That would be fun. Maybe we'll have to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have them, we'll have them in the back answering the phones. They'll be like those people you see but never hear from. <laughs> well, the 5-ish fangirls are here this week. They're answering the phones. Ladies, wave. Wave with the camera. <laughs> Uh, Which works no, so we're well on an audio podcast We're going to do something so. Bongo right.
3: the dancing bear I wish you could see this <laughs> one If you'd like to not see more of this kind of program
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, Is there
3: anything else guys? You've got me so excited to do a pledge drive <laughs> I, I, And all of
4: our listeners are going Oh, oh no, god no No not a pledge no. drive
2: <laughs> Alright well, that's going to do it for this week Until next week I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. And sin pledges. <laughs> you have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.